0: everyone, welcome to the show. This week's episode is brought to you by Daisy May Hat Co., the custom hat company based in Nashville, Tennessee. They make custom one-of-a-kind hats from wide-brimmed fedoras to cowboy hats. All of their hats are 100% beaver felt, and it's the highest quality hat you can get. They also have the coolest shirts ever. You can use the code BRASS at checkout for 15% off your entire order. Go and check out daisymayhats.com. Embrace the fever. Live the dream. Brought to you by Combat Flip Flops bad for running, and even worse for fighting. Combat flip-flops are your ticket to the unarmed forces by providing you with military-inspired quality footwear for men and women. To help support the podcast and in support of women in developing countries, head over to combatflipflops.com and become a part of their unarmed forces today. Be sure to use the code UNITY at checkout and get 25% off. And brought to you by GFDA. Good fucking design advice. The voice in your head and the foot up your ass. GFDA makes prints, drinkware, and apparel for people who want to do their fucking best. Go and use the code UNITY and get 10% off now on anything on their site, including our collaborative product, Fucking Help Somebody. Well, we're the same height, so we did not find our legs. <laughs> <laughs> no. That, we well, tactical
1: tax- size, so... Oh, my God. <laughs> tactical size. Is. You
0: got some bangers going. <laughs> um, There's... Uh, I feel like I've never had to take so many notes during the show because <laughs> I'm just like, clip, clip, clip. Brilliant. This is going to be, and we are a whopping three minutes in and can only use one of that. Yeah. So that's vicious. Okay, this is going to get real good. So you're a cop. I am. Okay, so tell me about that.
1: Where do I even start? Um, okay, you want, oh,
0: let me do a better job as a host. Monique, quick question for you. Answer. When you were young... Did you ever have a fantasy or an idea of being a police officer? No. Did you ever play Cops and Robbers? Nope. Okay. High school? Nope. Didn't have a fetish with the cops? No. <clears throat> okay. Uh, you're not a uniform. Okay, I guess a uniform So i do it for you, I guess. So well, that all just gave that away. Um, so when going into high school, you didn't have any issues. You didn't get in trouble because you're obviously a police officer now.
1: Well, I did not say that. I just didn't get caught. Ruthless. So... <laughs>
0: Okay. You know? Yeah. No, listen, I get it. So at what point, though, do you decide the right decision for you is to become a police officer in the United States where arguably cops are hated the most in the whole wide world? Yeah. Cool.
1: So I worked in the gun industry for a while. So I sold firearms and um, I worked with a lot of military law enforcement. And, you know, just kind of like everyone else, I thought of cops as like, oh, there's fucking run around with guns and arrest people and drive fast so the more people i got to know who are officers and the more into the industry i got a lot of that sort of opened up and a lot of the time i heard a lot of complaints of wow well, they should do this and they should do that and i've always been a big proponent of well if you can do something about it then go do something about it you know you can sit here and complain and you can be like, "Oh, i think you should do it this way okay then so go fucking do it Right. So it kind of touched on everything that I've always been interested in. I've always want to work with people. I've, I've loved working with people. I like being able to not know what I'm doing in five minutes, right. you know, so there, that, that flexibility and the excitement from the job. But then it went into the, my fitness background. So like, I think all police officers should have a criteria for physical fitness The driving, I worked in the car and motorcycle industry, so I always loved driving fast, doing all that, and then, of course, the gun side. But then there was the communication, like the interpersonal communication side that is so key. And I think people look at law enforcement as this, like, militaristic entity. And, you know, again, it's a lot of people running around with badges and guns. But that's not all the calls that you're going to. You're going to someone who just walked in on their husband hating themselves. You're going to go to calls of a car flipped upside down and kids trying to get out. You know, like, there's, an, a, there's a whole array of calls that you're going to – you're going to go to a fucking, you know, puppy stuck in a tree or a cat stuck in a tree. Then you call the firefighters because they're America's heroes. But anyway, like, there's there's so many things. Stop. Hold. No. <laughs> no, I can't allow that to go on. Yeah, no. No, so they're too did, busy barbecuing anyway. So.
0: Oh, did, oh, my God. There's, okay, let me explain to you why this is a very big deal right now. <clears throat> I just did a 24-hour rowathon with the fire department for charity. During... Did they stop
1: and take a nap?
0: Um, no, I did. I did take a nap for a moment, but no, they um, they they were questioning they were questioning when the barbecue would start uh-huh. and when the naps could the chili cook off. Uh, yes, or when the cats could be saved. Right, right. So solid, solid dudes. But one of the funniest things I'm going to side tangent you. If you haven't listened to the show, this is what I
1: do. This is a typical female. This is a
0: female conversation. Yeah. Welcome to that women. What a fucking judgment that was. Tangent. Yeah. (laughs) Hates women over here, everyone. (laughs) So we're at this event and it's four in the morning and we're finishing the last couple hours and in comes an RCMP officer, full kit off like on duty still. Right. And, um, plates and all a lot of kit on. He's like, I'm going to roll like this. I was like, all right. Because then, before that, we had an RCMP officer come and row in dress uniform. We had people come row in full firefighting kit, tanks and all. It's like a whole thing. And they row for an hour. And um, so, 4 in the morning, this guy's there. And the two chiefs of the fire department are there. And only two other people. And we're exhausted. And we're just rowing. We're just moving our body. We're just trying to survive. <clears throat> and I see this cop. And he's right across from me. You know when you see the hurt in someone's eyes?
1: been at a donut in 24
0: hours my sugars are so low no he was I looked at him I was like bro do you want me to help you take your kid off and he's like there's a firefighter standing there how dare you say I, can, <laughs> I cannot give in to this and I what I didn't realize at that time was the rivalry when you're in each other's company
2: is real
1: Totally,
0: but I didn't know that, and it was a really cool experience to to watch two separate people just go at each other. It was it was awesome, but that was my side tangent, which absolutely added nothing to the conversation. I
1: think it's worse than on the East Coast, I think they have a little bit more animosity towards each other in like a friendly competitive way. I think over here it's just okay. Hey, we're kind of like all getting fucked at this moment, but like we're still better than you. Okay, you know, like <laughs> you know, what I mean, it's like it's kind of like a. Well, I'll just accept it, but we still have to kind of banter back and forth. There's
0: there's that dark humor, and there's also that uh, if you don't, things are so tense. It feels like to me, if you don't actively go out of your way to say something offside, to make somebody laugh, it almost feels like the weight of the room is crushing. Yes. Because collectively, if you were to sit there and think about, the amount of years in service, the amount of calls everybody had been on, the amount of absolute horrific bullshit they've had to endure, if everyone sat still just for one moment and looked everybody in the eyes and nobody said a word, how long do you think it would take for someone cried?
1: Oh. You know, and it's interesting, this is something I've thought about and I think firefighters have they have a sort of luxury in that sense because when they leave a call they're all in the rig together they go back in and now you have five or six dudes or whatever it is and they can sort of just vent me like I ride solo um every once in a while like I'll have a a partner but you just go to the next call and that's it like they they go back to the station they start at the barbecue you know they're able to kind of talk like hey that was pretty that was pretty fucked you know and then they have that moment to sort of decompress and kind of share their thoughts and feelings but even then you know like the the threat to your mental health is still very there because you have you know we talk about this fairly often is like that old school mentality of hey you just brush it off like you know be a man so to speak and what's interesting about that and the probably the biggest misconception about police, military, law enforcement, is it's a very alpha environment, but it's like 85% beta males with an alpha facade. You know, and it's it's true. And everyone, if you think about it, you're like, oh, no, I'm fucking big, you know, dick of the law. And you're like, okay, guy, like a true alpha. Okay, guy. Yeah. Okay, guy. <laughs> like my metaphorical balls are way bigger than yours, you know.
0: I just like that you just hit it so hard. You're like, okay, guy. Like, as you know, <laughs> right? it's just so yeah, – Guy. I... Like, and if you say – if you're on the other end of
1: okay, guy – you know you just got bitch slapped. <laughs> immediately emasculated. And, yeah. And you're so tiny. 5 foot 3 coming at you with the okay guy. Oh know? no.
0: It's so deep.
1: <laughs> but it's it's these guys who they they have to wear this alpha facade, right? So they don't have they don't have good communication. They don't have healthy ways of decompressing. And we go and they teeter back and forth between this societal pressure to kind of like man up. But to me, you know, a true alpha who's in something like this True leaders, you know what I mean? The selflessness, the you know, first to come in, like, hey, have the whole entire group as a priority versus yourself. And, you know, you're making sure everyone's okay before you're okay. And you're willing to admit when you're vulnerable and you know, you're not big enough to seek help from other people. If we're if we're confronted, like going to different calls with these kind of guys, you immediately see it, especially with a couple of the ones that we talked about earlier. Um, everyone who wants to have an opinion, you know, too many chiefs, not enough Indians kind of things. Right. So you see these guys who are like, oh, I gotta, I gotta, you know, show you how big mine is. And then they're putting on these ideas and it's like, okay, you're trying to just flex on everyone without cause you're solving this problem. True alpha leader is like, okay, Hey, this is a problem. This is what I think. What do you guys think? And is not, you know, big enough to not take anyone else's suggestions. So then you get a bunch of these guys who are trying to cope with an extreme situation, and especially afterwards when they go home and a lot of people will turn to substance abuse or you know god knows what and then it, they bring it back into work and it's like this never ending cycle it's know. cyclical yeah
0: say that right you know what i mm-hmm. mean <laughs> i want to make sure i said that right but it is a cyclical yeah. it's um it's this never ending circle that just seems to compound and I always, that's why I I think I worded it the way I did because if you if you really were to sit down <clears throat> and have no one say anything, I don't think it would take long. And this mm-hmm. is why. It, it. It's this attitude that you have to be this egotistical, ridiculously large, muscle-bound human to be a strong individual from the truth. And I think the people we were talking about before and I think the people that try really 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 hard like that they're the ones that are hurting the most and those are the ones that need it the most they need the most help but for whatever reason because of the way they look they think it's it's unacceptable to ask for such we are all wired so differently just because that's the size of the body does that does that does not mean that that is the size of the brain so when the trauma happens to someone who is emotionally and um, ill-equipped um, no Un- fault of their own but more of like they maybe they didn't have great parents mm-hmm. maybe they were not told they were loved maybe they can't process trauma because they had so much of it so young and I think it's so wrong and I think what that ends up doing is exactly what you said they bring it home they deal with it in really really terrible ways um, you know alcohol abuse drug abuse um, promiscuity, that wanting to feel something, that wanting to, to, to not be numb anymore. Mm -hmm. It, it comes, it hits in so many different ways and you might not even realize you're doing it. Um, and then it comes back in and it gets worse and then you're on a call and what if someone's shooting at you and your buddy freezes because he finally cracked. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's this this, this whole break in that stigma of like the size and all of that, and I don't think people intentionally act that way like that that verbose like my dick is bigger than yours." I think it's a coping mechanism, and I think we don't educate our police, our fire, our paramedics, our military enough psychologically. Mm-hmm. Like you got countries like China and North Korea and Russia who fuck with psychology in a way that we should be. They 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 use it for not great things. I'm mm-hmm. not gonna lie to you. I'm not gonna try to sugarcoat it. Yep. They're not doing great things with the brains over there, but no. they're they're making really smart people. And if you can understand the brain just a little bit, you can understand that there's certain things that you should be doing to protect your people. We have enough research, we have enough science. we have so we understand the brain more now than we've ever had, mm-hmm. obviously, and then we will again in another two minutes and then two minutes from now. it will continue to get better, but the fact we don't use it, we are not using the tools at our disposal to better equip the individuals that are supposed to be taking on the worst of the worst, and so how do you think we change that? How do we make these guys not think that that's acceptable, like that you have to act like that?
1: What do you do? Gosh, that's such a loaded question. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think there's a lot of micro changes. And, you know, something I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to circle back. Circle back. On something you said in, in the beginning. Of, After
0: my long rant? Apologize for that. No,
1: no, no. Of, of we're the most, like one of the most hated um, careers right now.
0: I meant it out of love.
1: Right. We're, we love to hate, right? <laughs> love to hate cops. Love to hate And going to work knowing that you're hated and targeted is already going to put that immediate stress on. And knowing that – so there's all these, like, micro-elements. Knowing that if you do something, it doesn't matter what actually happened. Whatever the media puts out is the truth because perception's reality. And what that will mean is that your department won't actually have your back because they're too afraid of offending anyone and they're too afraid of being portrayed in a negative light that they will do anything to protect what they think is, you know, their reputation despite the cause and effect it'll have on that person or their family. So you're going to work. Knowing you're hated, knowing no matter what you do, right or wrong, you could be penalized across, you could be blasted on CNN at any second, your family could be threatened, everything else. You're going to calls where we go out every day with three to five people under minimum staffing, three to five people under minimum staffing. I work in it. I work in the, I guess, most dangerous area. It has pretty much 80% of this, you know, county's gang population. So we just, you don't need to say further. So knowing that we're going out with a fraction of the resources that we should have. So everything's inherently more dangerous. And you're, you just feel so defeated. We're lucky if we find a quimp that works. We have very archaic processes. So our technology that we're using is outdated because we don't have the funding to update it. So, you just feel so demoralized at that point. And so, this is like, this is just the feeling of just going to work before you've gone into any calls or anything like that. Our wellness unit, and I say that with quotations, quotations, is pretty much just a check in the box for the department because they're like, oh, you know what? We care about their mental health. We funding like checkbox. Oh, we try to help them. Oh, hey, this officer committed suicide, or this one that. Oh, well, we tried. We have this resource, but you don't. Oh,
0: so it's just a way to cover themselves, and
1: yes, it's a liability. It's an insurance check mark. And I've I've talked to multiple officers that have, you know, gone to the wellness unit and have asked for help, but have not gotten that. So then you leave feeling like you can't talk to anybody because, you know, your other officers. Like, I hate to say it, but officers are the most critical of other officers you see a call and you're like oh this guy should have done this and you know, the, the the monday morning quarterbacking so of course there's that insecurity it's like oh everyone else is going to judge me oh this body worn camera is blasted on youtube now everyone's watching and telling me what an idiot i am and this that, and the other so it's like you don't really feel like you can talk to other cops about it so you're, you're just in this this pit of you just it's it's almost like a like a purgatory, you know what I mean? And you, there's, it's either you break or, you know, you just kind of teeter back and forth at the motions until you retire. And now you ask about like a solution because there's all these problems really changing the narrative. And I think it's easy for people to just go and blame cops because they know that they're already there. During the BLM protests, you know, people lighting shit on fire through baseball bats, axes, fireworks, rocks at us, everything. And then would still call us leaving the riot because their car got broken into. So they know, Hey, I can talk shit to your face because you can't do anything. And you're still going to be there for you because all these gang members, all these people who hate us will still call us. I can't tell you how many, you know, calls I've gone to like shootings, stabbings where, you know, they'll talk shit to you, but it's like, Oh fuck, I still need your help. So they know, okay, Hey, it doesn't matter what I say to you, you're always going to be there. So we're easy. We're like the parents, you know, when you're younger and you're like, Mm -hmm. well, I wish I was never born. You can be mad at them and project all of your feelings, you know, because there's obviously underlying issues there. But you can project it on police because it's like, oh, they're always going to be there. So we've created this kind of like bubble world, utopian thing where people are making up their own problems, right? Like, you know, we talk about China and, you know, Afghanistan, everything that's going on over there. You're getting beheaded because you're wearing the wrong clothes. But over here, it's like, I'm going to pick what gender I want to be today. You know what I mean? So it's like we've created these issues. We're creating issues. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's – we don't have enough help for – we don't have enough resources for people who are actually experiencing mental illness, right? People understand back in Reagan's era, he shut down a lot of those long-term facilities. Yeah. So what happened? They got released, and now they're homeless, and they're self-medicating, and, you know, people are complaining. Who do they call when someone goes crazy? They call police. Right. We can put somebody on a hold, we take them to the hospital, it's up to the doctor if they want to put them on a 72-hour hold. I was just going
0: to say, I, I was going to say I want to touch on that with you because yeah. we had that happen too, right? In BC, they, they uh, I think it was Riverview, they emptied out, mm-hmm. real smart decision, now that's called the downtown east side. Yeah, that's what that is. So there's that, mental health rampant, just drug over like to overdose, we have a safe injection site. Mm-hmm. Either, you know, we're, it's, a, it's an area and it's a thing and it's difficult on the population around it. And it's difficult for that population. But what people overlook is it's difficult when you're getting calls to go there constantly.
2: The, you can't do anything. you can't.
0: And that's it. You can't it. do anything. And the reason I bring it up is because I had this discussion with somebody recently who came up to me out of the blue and said, what do I do? Somebody's suicidal. I said, so here's why you can either go and advocate for them or you can call the cops. Cops can only do what the cops can do most of the time if it's close to an end of a shift. At least I know where I live this happens. If it's close to an end of a shift and there's no psych nurse on or doc on and say so they say, well, you have to sit with them in the waiting room. Do you actually think they're going to stay? Nope. So then what happens? Person wanders out and goes, jumps off the bridge. Mm-hmm. Like that shit happens constantly because it's underfunded and understaffed across the board. Mm-hmm.
1: And it's, it makes you feel, I mean, a lot of us, you know, I I got into this position also because I wanted to help people, right? Right. And then you get in and you realize there's not shit I can do. I can't, I can't actually help people. Your hands are tied. I can cause, or I can, I can provide very temporary solutions for what needs a, a you know, it's a a permanent problem at at this point. And it makes you, that's another way to feel defeated because it's like, okay, well, we don't have the resources to give you. We have PERT um pert is our psychiatric emergency response team so it's a it's a licensed clinician that will ride with an officer and they can provide more resources but again they just put them on a hold go to a hospital where they go into the psych unit for possibly 72 hours depending on what the doctor wants to do
0: or if there's beds available which or that's a whole beds
1: other thing that's and i you feel bad for the medical staff right and there's it so there's this lack of resources and it makes you wonder, well, okay, people are always complaining, oh, I pay your salary, I pay your salary. But then where are your tax dollars actually going? We go, how many, how many overdose calls do we go to where they, we go to a homeless person where we've seen them overdosing on fentanyl, gosh, like twice a week. And then they get the ambulance, the firefighter. So how many hours are you spending like as a tax dollar or as a taxpayer, you're paying for the fire truck. The, you know, they get like two miles per gallon. You're paying for the, you know, the um, ambulance to take them to the hospital, the whole, all this kind of, you know, running through the gamut. We paid, gosh, hundreds of thousands of dollars per week to house the homeless in the convention center during COVID. Hundreds of thousands of dollars. Neither did a lot of people. Oh, so we're just being like, hey. So it's like, well, this is where your money's going. Well, what if you were to spend that? on staffing a full psych like a a, a long-term psych unit where mm-hmm. is this money going why i mean we talk about i mean cova is a whole nother issue we talk about follow the money how about actually bringing back these long-term psych facilities and then we could feel like we're doing something well no
0: because they won't do that because the money goes into the military industrial complex <laughs> let's not be silly now that's where the money goes <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. the, the taxpayer money goes to the government and then they put it on a black budget that doesn't exist like it yeah there if we really were able to take our taxes and implement and choose where we put them could you imagine
1: yes and i think that's also the problem is because you could see what it what it would be like if almost like that post 9-11 like that um just unity again the unity the support they like, hey, you know what? Like, let's, let's make a difference. Let's change. And everything that's happened these last two years and just been adding up and adding up, you have COVID. You have, you know, everyone's, you know, like not knowing what they're doing. And so it's like, okay, let's shut down. So you have the shutdown. Then you have, we talk about mental crises. The amount of suicide calls that we got, domestic oh. violence, child, it was it was shocking. Shocking.
0: What was the? Do you have the numbers on your guys's um, increase in suicides percentage-wise?
1: I don't have the numbers. I know fentanyl overdoses have been. We've had 900 fentanyl deaths as of three months ago in the county. Three months. At three months ago, I was talking to like one of the guys in the narc unit, and they have a specific team that will go handle all fentanyl deaths. And three months ago, when I talked to him, it was 900 in the county. So we see a huge rise in the opioid epidemic and we see a huge rise in suicides and feeling like you don't have a purpose, right? So then that compounded, so everyone's isolated for months and then you have BLM and this is the first time anybody can get outside of their house, be part of something that's bigger than them. And they mm-hmm. can feel like they belong. So you have the George Floyd rallies. Then you have people, you know, combating that. And relatively, we had, you know, like the first few days were not peaceful, but we we actually made arrests and that kind of stopped that real quick. But you looked at some of the other er- Portland.
0: Yeah, we were Holy watching shit. that. We were watching that up in Holy Canada. Shit. At least I was watching that. And when that the George Floyd video came out. And we watched it. I watched it. I had to. I felt an obligation to watch mm-hmm. it. I think it was one of those moments in history that you kind of can't turn away from. Yeah. And like, if you do, you you don't deserve to be here. That you know, you sense. just, you, you owe that to humanity to see, because it's like, it's, it's, it's things like war too. It's like, you have to document these things. It's mm-hmm. a, when horrific things happen, you don't just, you can't put them in the, that's been our problem, right? Is we put things in the dark, we put them in the deep, dark, deep, dark corner and we leave them there because that's where they're safe and so i was like i have to watch us and watched it and felt very nauseous yeah and disgusted and and i felt hurt for i feel too much when i just i just i i can't handle like i mean that there's certain things that you just they hit they hit a funny way and I think there's that helplessness that's in that video that just, I think that's what smacked people in the face was mm-hmm. watching a helpless human. Mm-hmm. And um, that was insane to see from Canada in Vancouver's response. Like we respond with candles and quiet high fives while we walked down a street, but only on the right hand side to not disrupt traffic uh-huh.
1: yep. or disappoint yep. anybody. And then if you do, you apologize. Immediately. And you say,
0: I'm immediately sorry. Why am I here? And then, I, then we just also move on and let you take everything else from us. But the point is, it was a really terrifying thing. It, it felt like apocalyptic. Mm-hmm. And then when Portland went down and you're seeing like AK-47s and you're seeing like shady people with M16s run in the streets and then they did nothing about it, it freaked me out because I was like, if – they can get away – with it set a precedent. We talked about yeah. that before, right? It set this, this ideal, well, oh, if I just – if we do this and we do it large enough, mm-hmm. we can overtake any of this. Right. And that's a terrifying thing to see. Um, I don't – I don't know how you kind of handle that.
1: Well, and, and my first thing is like, okay, so I swore to protect the Constitution, right? And freedom of speech is so important. You're so-, so lucky you have that. Well, Well, for now, because it's soon – that's being threatened right now. But it's important to me to allow people to, you know, give them that space, whatever. Once it starts turning into lighting black-owned businesses on fire, looting, arson, all of this, you know, criminal activity, it no longer becomes about that initial reason. So you see people there for the wrong reasons. But, again, it's this moment for everyone to break out of this isolation. And, I mean, there's a reason why they do that in prison, right? They put you in the isolation unit. It is so taxing on your mental health. So then you get all these people who are like, yes, let's fight. Let's do something. Like, they're just – they're like, I don't even really know why I'm fighting, but, like, we're fighting. And, like, I feel this like – It's you the said, energy.
0: It's the energy. You're feeding off you're of one another. You're alive. Mm-hmm. And
1: like you said, it's, it's people have this drive to feel alive. You know, social media, we're going through, we're like – you know, looking through and you see all these people living this life that you would want to live and you're living vicariously through a post and you just realize that you feel numb, like you mentioned, and you, you want to feel that spark and that sense of purpose. And so to watch Portland happen, like you said, it was defeating. And like, luckily, you know, we kind of nipped it in the bud pretty early on and it was peaceful after that but to see cities just getting destroyed and you just you and you don't know that you don't know the history behind whatever business it is that you're breaking into like again it could have been someone who immigrated here came here legally whatever built up a business you know lived like on food stamps until they could have enough and now their whole business got burned down because you want to make a statement for what you know, it was, it was disheartening to watch. And then they had like a hundred something days of protest knowing like all those law enforcement officers that are there, how tired we were on 12 hour shifts back to back to back. We had no weekends off. So to see them going through that. And again, like talk about just being tired, exhausted, demoralized and giving or given orders from your department of like, just let them do it. It's like, what the fuck are we fighting for? You know, like it's no longer about freedom of speech.
0: Yeah, when you set a precedent, uh, precedent like that, and you allow that, you've now given, you've given over the keys to the kingdom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a dangerous thing. And I, and I don't, I don't understand um, because these people who wanted all this didn't they just do exactly what we do? The first chance they got was their thing not to immediately establish borders and security mm-hmm. and in charge personnel. It's hypocritical.
1: Yeah, but you can't say it's hypocritical. I just did. You, no, you can't say that. You might offend someone. I did it. I said it. It's. I'm offended. That's okay. I've, I, I'm
0: offended. As I'm offended by me most days,
1: I offend myself. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Mm-hmm. It's worse now to offend someone than to tell the truth, and I think that's a very Is scary it? place to live in. Yes.
0: I, yeah. You know what? I would argue. I would argue that that's true.
1: I mean, look at the companies right now that. Will scour through your social media. Could have been a joke. Could have been like Dave Chappelle. Holy shit! One of the greatest, one of the greatest comedians, right? And he's defending, yeah, defending somebody, and the trans community just went bananas. They went B A N
0: N A N A S. I like
1: how you said bananas. I said ape shit. Yeah,
0: because (laughs) we're right there.
1: Even though you don't like bananas, we're that T (laughs) B C life. I don't like that mush. Um, When I like, have like, you know, nipple communication right now. I think it's like it's like nip
0: to nip triangle <laughs> nip communication. <to> nip.
1: <laughs> the There's the you ovary can, sonars. You know? can feel the vibrations of
0: <laughs> uh, it was just Nikki over there. It's, <laughs> it's too much. There's way too much
1: vagina in the room. Um, is there though? Is that a thing? I don't think so. Uh, no, my whole office no, is no. women. We only have one yeah. male. I love it. Yeah, he's a… Uh, Estrogen takeover.
0: Yeah, there's something. It, I don't know that it's easier to like assault your employees when it's all women, but I know that my women accept it.
1: The cunt punch is they, always a good…
0: They No, they love it. There's, um, I came home from a business trip last time I was down in Texas, and uh, it was… All the girls were there. That were. It was a day where everyone was in the office, and I remember taking a video because I was like… I was telling somebody about the, the culture in my building and what that's like. And I, I, I think he thought I was lying, like just to be like, oh, that's just how they are in there. Like mm-hmm. they're gross and they're worse than men. And I was, like, facts. I was like, facts were disgusting. It's pretty gross. Yeah. We're the worst. So I, again, I hear this when I say they want it. <laughs> They wanted it. No. My accountant's amazing, Victoria, she, um. You know when you look at somebody you're like you're an accountant? Yeah. And then they're like why would you say that?
1: And you're like cuz you don't look like a nerd cuz you're
0: gorgeous. <laughs> and then you're like oh but you're also super smart too. I guess wow, women can do it all. So she's great. She comes over to Tally, who's also, she's my wife. I love her so We're much. She's, she's my best friend. Like, she's the greatest and she hates it.
1: She's like you're a little she like, hates, too attached.
0: She no, she no, and she, she hates it. when I talk about her. Why? Oh, she's – because she hates it. Like she, she doesn't like the attention? No, she – it's cringeworthy. Like ask – last Nikki. Like Nikki will be on a call during the week to do a work thing. And who who's on the camera?
2: Literally you. And I'm like talking to Tally, but she's all the way she's, on camera. And I'm like, I don't know how you're reacting, but I hope that's cool. She's always <laughs>
0: just smiling and nodding her head and doing like notes. She's like, it's She's fine. like, keep me out of the light. Yeah, she hates it so much. Really? So yeah, I actively uh, troll her on podcasts. I love it. Yeah, I did that on Black Rifles. I was like, so there's this
1: lady named Tally Aldis. Let's talk about her.
0: Yes. She's like, I hate you. Every fiber of you.
1: You're like, I'm bringing you on to every podcast.
0: I've tried. She won't. Really? No. I got them drunk in the office one day and we kind of recorded one and I have it and I still threaten to put it out and they get yes. get really stressed about it. Yes. Yeah. Um. So anyway, my point is, I wanted to prove my point. So I come in and we were talking about something and Tally was sitting on a chair and she was working on something in the warehouse and Victoria just thought it would be like the right thing to do. I think I have it. I'll show it to you after. And she just walks up to her and she just grabs the back of the chair and there's no video of this. Thank God. Cause this is fantastic. it would be viral. It would go viral. She grabs the back of the chair, she's like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> She's like on Tally and she's like, grab my like, what is it's just just like normal
1: she's twerking yeah, on she's her she's just getting the chair pregnant no big deal yeah
0: yeah and so i took a video of it and sent it to lex because that's who i was telling this to and he's like that's a culture you yes ever, you it's do- a vibe it's a vibe <laughs> it's a whole
1: vibe <laughs> there's vibes there
2: wait now i'm really jealous that i work remote.
1: i know i was like yeah <laughs> can we move out there i want to go yeah. i mean do you want to live in canada i like this culture uh, thing i mean
2: i'm starting to like the
1: states a little bit i know yeah, yeah, after hearing this those the current state. horror yeah. stories, especially from you, Nikki, it's, it's like a it's a lot. Yeah, yeah. You, you forget that you do still have freedom here. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. And even just touching on like trusting people and 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 respecting people, Canada now you can't even go back or you can't even post anything online without We're,
0: Yeah. Like, really. Yeah, so there's a new law. Harassment like, like, and bullying. Yeah, and you and you can like go to prison over things you say. Mm-hmm. And it's now admissible and it's a new, I think it's a new bill. I'm going to grab my phone to find out so because China, yeah, like hold. Yeah, yeah. No, no, seriously. I'm going to grab, I'm going to grab my phone and I'm going to find out exactly what it is because I, there's certain things I am okay what? with sounding like an idiot about, uh, not one. So, um, yeah, we're going to pause for cyber bullying is
1: subjective, right? I mean, someone calls, you know, someone says, Oh, your mom went to college in a comment. And all of a sudden someone's like, Oh, that's, I'm being bullied, you know, cyber, the, right. the keyboard warriors. But if, I I I have heard of stories where people are they I don't know like the the teeny boppers will be like oh you should commit suicide or whatever and then the teen commits suicide and it's like okay it's not right but also personal responsibility stop talking to that person you know like just block cut it off whatever it is you know it's it would have it would be very difficult to prove cyberbullying
0: there's a case In the United States that happened and I believe uh, I can't I don't know the name off the top of my head but it was a, a girlfriend who actively drove her boyfriend to suicide and was held on trial for it. Because he did ultimately commit suicide. Really? Yeah. And there was text messages and they were like, you should just do it. You know, do it in the truck. Mm. You you know, why not? Like, you can't, you can't back out now. You uh, said you were going to do it, so you have to do it. And it happened. And she went, I will look it up. I really need... Yeah, it's uh, Michelle Carter. She urged her boyfriend to kill himself in text messages. And she was just released from jail. Oh, so this is an old article. But so essentially... Um, Michelle Carter, the 23 year old convicted of manslaughter for encouraging Mm -hmm. her boyfriend to commit suicide. She served a 15 month sentence and she, it was boyfriend Conrad Roy, the third who took his life. She sent numerous text messages urging Roy to go through with the plan. While the context of her phone calls is not known yet, it was a just do it babe situation. He ended up ultimately taking his life using, um, a car rigged with, uh,
1: the carbon monoxide. Yeah, taking
0: it out that way. So, so th- that's a completely, you know, that's a whole that's a whole thing. What this bill covers though is different. Sharing intimate images without consent, criminal harassment, uttering threats, intimidation, mischief in relation to data, unauthorized use of a computer. Identity theft. So identity theft falls under cyberbullying. Extortion also falls under cyberbullying false messages, indecent or harassing telephone calls, counseling, suicide, so essentially what Michelle Carter was charged with, incitement of hatred, so that's what Instagram, the hate speech thing, is what I get tagged with, defamatory, public incitement of hatred, and offense against the person and reputation. So now that one on one hand I like, I'll take that last one. So
1: are you just supposed to post pictures of your dog and then yeah. that's it? Uh,
0: th- what it says is post pictures of your dog, um, your coffee. Uh, and a
1: Bible quote.
0: A Bible quote. Uh, don't forget thoughts and prayers.
1: Right. Hashtag blessed.
0: Um, hashtag just breathe. So- hashtag
1: live, laugh, love. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. I'm sorry. I'm dead. That was it, it went so
0: far. <laughs> She went so. T- <laughs> I can't
1: take that one back. <laughs> no, I can't take that back. Fear on because I mean, there's no examples that they can give. It's like, oh, if you, you know, tell this person you're gonna beat their ass in the comments, like you'll be charged with a 500 dollars ticket. Like, it, obviously, there's no, there's no examples, so they just kind of put it out there to invoke fear. It's like, oh, well, this could be, you know, it's it's a way for them to be like, don't be naughty. Like, we're watching. Just remember, there's something that we can always get you for. You know, but it's and social media has taken just like this crazy turn. Did you ever watch the movie on Netflix Social Dilemma?
0: Oh god I yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. That was so troubling.
1: Yes. I mean it it what a
0: what I loved about it, if I may, was that they did an incredible job mixing fiction and nonfiction and it was people paid attention. Mm-hmm and I think that's such a great way of doing a documentary especially about something that needs to be understood and paid attention to it's not dry it's reality and they 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 made people feel what that kid was going through like holy shit they saw themselves in that thing yes yeah that was a
1: it was a very effective documentary it's hard to it's hard to create like you said an effective documentary where you want to get your point across you want people to stay into the facts you know, the cinematography of it was just genius to really get their point across. But especially the, the people that they use to give their testimony. And, you know, you hear someone's like, yeah, I had to make my own program so I wouldn't spend as much time on social media, you know, and getting trapped by going back and like, oh, I got to check it. Because you mindlessly like you go, you wake up, you turn off your alarm, you open it. You're like, oh, this like this. Ad. Oh, shit. I've been on. I've been looking at memes for bless you. Hashtag blessed. <laughs> just didn't even cover my mouth. I just sneezed right on there because I was
0: trying to move the mic. And all over sneeze. my pillow. <laughs> I'm so sorry about that. I realized how oh my- rude that was. <sighs> oh, my God. I'm so sorry. I literally was so more concerned about the mic not getting the noise. I'm a horrible
1: human being. <laughs> I'm really sorry, Nikki. Um, the dog's chairs. I'm sorry for your loss. I know she's like, sorry. I'm just here to eat carrots.
0: Hey, you know what's really crazy, though, right? As I was looking at these laws, I kind of went down a rabbit hole. I rabbit holed myself.
1: <laughs> it happens to me at least five times a day.
0: Procuring a miscarriage or procuring her own miscarriage under the Canadian law. Every female person who, being pregnant with the intent to procure her own miscarriage, uses any means or permits and any means to be used to the purpose of carrying out her intention of a, is guilty of offense and liable to imprisonment for a term not exceeding two years.
1: What? What?
0: Is anybody else getting that?
1: Like, if they try and cause an intentional miscarriage, like, yeah. they throw themselves down the stairs yeah. or something? mm mm-hmm. They get, I the, mean, that's crazy. This is yeah. the
0: justice justicelawswebsite.gc.ca. This is a criminal code. This is criminal code 287-1-2.
1: Yeah, you know what's so fucked up about all these things? Jails There's, right now?
0: Book and release. Correction. Let me Let me correct that. Is the RSC 1985 C-46, and it's under the version of Section 287 from two thousand fifteen oh two twenty six to nineteen oh six of 20 So I just want to make sure I clarify that. But that's wild. That caught me off guard. I just, I don't know. I was, like, looking at that. Uh, take this out of my face. Mm-hmm. I saw the word abortion, and I was like, what is this? And I ugh, went down a rabbit hole. Nobody needs that. But that's wild.
1: Did you just miscarry your own thought? Do you need to be punished by...
0: I mean, I might have to go to jail now because I.
1: You didn't allow your thought. To exceed what was it? To a full term,
0: full term. My thought didn't get there. God damn it! She I'm not gonna arrest arrest you right now. i
1: have to arrest you right now. Right, I mean, you I have no other option.
0: I just read the code to <laughs> you. I just read it. I mean, I just read it. She's like, now you know it. Now you're gonna be, you're gonna be on the beat next time, Basically. and you're gonna be like, I know a law now in Canada that apparently.
1: I did not know that, which is no. so crazy because it's like I think about stuff like this, right? And you think about laws and you know incarceration, all this kind of stuff. Right now, with the jail, you know everything that they're doing with reform, like criminal reform, all this kind of stuff. It's book and release. I can't tell you how many people I've booked for meth sales, for fentanyl sales, for an assortment of violent felonies and these people walk out before I finish my report. How is that possible if the paper isn't even done? Well, so right so we as a city, we process them, we write something called a deck, it's just a declaration of of arrest. So basically what the charges and the basic elements to meet it. So um if I were to arrest somebody for like breaking into your house, Nikki, mm-hmm. Um, I would approve that they, oh, met, yeah, that <laughs> they met the elements of the crime and basically my deck to the judge is like, um, on this date, this time, this person was arrested for four five nine brewery because they um broke into this residence using a crowbar and then stole whatever committing a felony and then I you know, arrested. So it's just like a blanket like couple right. Just the meets the element of the crime and then you can go finish your report. So you book them in. It's just enough to like, okay, cool. book some in, and then you write your whole report later. So and especially during the the epitome of the COVID pandemic, and this was I think I've talked to you about this, you have, Nikki. Yeah. Um this was crazy. We to to decrease jail um what is the word I'm looking for? Not population, but well jail. Yeah, numbers, essentially. Numbers, like, just to make sure, like, they're COVID safe or whatever. We were not allowed to book for anything that wasn't a violent felony. So let's go back to that example. So somebody could come, break into this house, steal thousands of dollars of
2: recording equipment,
1: and whatever it is, leave, steal their car, Get in a pursuit with us, hide a gun under the sea, pursuit, bail, run, and we were not allowed to book them in a jail because it wasn't a violent felony. What? Yeah. So it was and a This was during COVID? This was during the, the peak. How long COVID. did that last for? Gosh. I wanna say like nine-ish months. <coughs> Don't quote me on that. Shit. So So for nine
0: months, you could not book anybody for a violent felony. Approximately. I could could have went out Mm -hmm. on a bender Mm -hmm. and gone through a full literal car chase where I would have been like, whoop, whoop, like on the TV
1: Mm -hmm. and gotten away with it. So it was. Why did you call? It was essentially a ticket. Yeah, right. <laughs> hey, girl. Hey, girl. Well, that is, is the, the time. Ride. This is the time. The Walrus work. swims at midnight, <laughs> guys. You know what I mean? Like, so shit could have got weird for everybody. <laughs> it was a essentially was a ticket saying like, hey, a warrant will be issued for your arrest regarding this case, but you will not be physically booked at this time. So we write up the report, and it was like we respectfully require a warrant to be issued for this person. Mind you, the courts became backlogged with like forty thousand cases, Mm -hmm. and no one was going to. We could still book for domestic violence. You know what? You could have gotten your husband could have literally hit you in the face with a pillow, and I would have had to arrest him for a misdemeanor because California, after OJ Simpson's nuts about, well, don't cut someone domestic violence. Don't
0: cut people's heads off. Then,
1: I mean, he's innocent. Just what? So who actually believes that? I. I don't know, but his
0: Twitter's hilarious. It's so it's sad like, that he has
1: Twitter. I, I, we couldn't believe it. I found somebody with a fucking Uzi. Like it was literally, so this is what happened. Oh, God. Um, we had a case. It was, I don't remember why, but pursuit ensued. Guy drives around. We called it the, um, it was like this really shitty trailer park area. And we call it the trailer park 500. Cause it like, we just went around in circles chasing this guy. And then finally, he crashed, bailed, had an Uzi, meth sales, ran out. Wasn't a violent felony. So, can you explain
0: to the listeners what an Uzi is? Because of that, I need they need to understand how significant that is.
1: That's not like a handgun. No, it's um, God. What's like? What's a good movie that? What's, what's a, a good movie good... with an Uzi? Boondock Saints. Boondock Saints. There you go. Okay. You know? Yeah. YouTube. It's. Yeah. Google that shit. I mean, fun. wrong, but mean it's a great time. It's a good but party,
0: but it's not ideal to be shooting at the cops with.
1: Didn't even, well, didn't shoot with us, but just had it hidden under the seat. And normally it'd be like, okay, good to book all day. Yeah. But guys, how, high out of his mind, you know what I mean? But it's, we couldn't book for anything that wasn't a violent felony. Now, if he did go and shoot somebody with it, we could book for that. But who knows how long he would have actually been held in jail. Because that's it. now it goes into the sheriff realm. Now sheriffs are in charge of that. The whole jail and everything like that. So we deliver them to the, you know, sheriffs. And they're like, well, how long am I going to be in? I'm like, I don't know, bro. When that
0: happens, who? so who decides? So it's on the sheriffs now to take over that individual
1: into the system? Yeah, so then they'll have bail. So whatever crime they have has a certain bail. And things before you could stack bail and do all this stuff. But again, like California is getting softer and softer. So they only have to make, you know, a certain percentage of that bail, and then they can get out, talk to a bail agent. It's very rare when they have something that's no bail. So I don't even, I mean, like assault with a deadly weapon. Like if 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 he were to shoot somebody, it'd be like $150,000 bail. So he'd have to make 10% and get out. So, you know, it's, they'll talk to a magistrate and then they'll make their 10% and then be out. So we've had, I mean, we've had cases like repeat people where like, Hey, you just arrested this guy for shooting someone, you know, last week and he's out doing it again. And it's, again, it's like, well, what do you do? There's no solution. We don't have enough people to be proactive about it. We don't, you know, how do you, how do you fix this? How do you fix that?
0: Does it start with having more police officers? Does it start with having better funding? Where does where does because you were saying at the very beginning of the show you were like, listen, th- th- there's micro changes that can be made. Mm-hmm.
1: Give me a list. So again, like you know, we we sort of talked about like the, the mental illness kind of side of it. So again, like right. having that as a resource. So like let's let's open up more of those long term facilities, and then actually get people routed over to that, which would. I think would address a large number because one of the big problems we have um, and we get called for very violent 5150s or, you know, mental illness call and, you know, people are calling us for help because, you know, their family members having an episode and running around with a knife, you know, so then they lock themselves outside and there's only so much we can do. We don't push those issues anymore because, like, let's say we we push into the house and this person experiencing episode runs at us with a knife. Right. Deadly, you know what I mean? So assault we don't with want to... the deadly weapon? Yeah, yeah. De-escalate is the really hot word right now. Oh, cute. So everything is like, oh, no, we're going to walk away from this because, like, we're deescalating the situation. So we'd walk away in that sense and then... But it's like if we're able to assist this person and, like, put them in, like, you know, obviously he hasn't or she hasn't got enough help that they've gotten to this part. So, like, let's... We'll take care of that mental illness side. Funding, for sure. We talk about training and we're so... Oh, well... You know, I mean, you look at, you'll you'll see the shooting happen or whatever it is. It's like, oh, why couldn't they fucking shoot his pinky off? Like, this could have been avoided. It's so like, you've got to be kidding me, right? So I'm really big on educating the public. We need to have more discussions with the public. Like, okay, I understand, <laughs> I, I understand that you are very concerned, and this is a very real concern for you. And then explaining it, and this is what we kind of talk about the communication, so whenever I, I interact with somebody, uh, you know, someone in the public that's like, well, why didn't this? It's like, hey, let's have a conversation because now this – I can help them understand. And now they're like, oh, wow, I would have never thought about that. But then you have all these guys that's like, you're not fucking worth my time. This isn't how we do it, right? So having these conversations with the public. We have um systems. Sometimes we'll do it. Obviously, with COVID shit, we haven't brought this back up. But we have, like, the simulation um.
0: What, what is this?
1: Room. <clears throat> so it's like a big, giant uh, projected TV. And so we put them into a simulation where they have a belt where things have, you know, lasers and stuff. And so it, it'll register whatever weapon you um, pose. So it gives you a situation. So it's like, hey, I'm going to put you in this simulation where you respond to like a uh, violent transient behind a dumpster.
0: Oh, wonderful! You know, so
1: then we've put civilians through this because it's like, okay, you thought that the you know cop or whatever should have acted a certain way. You have all of these tools. These are what the tools do. These are our use of force matrix. Go into the situation. A astronomical amount. Just pull out the gun and shoot them.
0: Oh yeah, because that's the the first
1: thing they think to do. Yeah, people get like freaked out and they just up. Uh, I'm like, he was reaching for his fucking cucumber in his pocket. Like, you just blasted this dude.
0: Yeah, it's because they don't want to get his fiber. Well, I mean, there's definitely that. I doubt if he's a transient hiding behind a dumpster that the fiber is really something of concern. But I do know that people really underestimate their ability to handle themselves in a stressful situation.
1: Yes. But it's very easy for them to piggyback and tell us how to do it. So now if we have this discussion with people, and we spend money on education. And it's like, hey, you know what? This is why the officer did this. But now it's just this, oh, fuck, we can't offend anyone. So we're just going to like, you know what? Hey, we'll just fire him. Cool. Hey, we did what we did. And we just fired him. Right. You know? Oh, God, we're clear. Yep, sorry. We'll never hire anyone like that again. Like, fuck, like, we fired him. So it's like, okay, well, you didn't, you didn't do anything. You just validated their opinion. And now they're going to go on this, like, anti-whatever rampage. And then right. you just prove that they're right. So then what if you took that time? You and we invite it, and we've done it before, but again, like funding, we don't have time or space for this. You invite people in and you educate them. Hey, you know, what are your questions and concerns? Blah 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 blah. And we've had these forums before, and they're very effective. Hey, let's go on a ride along. You know, like there's a whole bunch of things we can do where we involve the community. It's like, hey, this is why we do what they do. And then when they see, like, when they're going on a ride along and they see, like, oh, shit, this person just went from, like, this call, this call, this call, like, you didn't even freaking go pee, like, you didn't eat anything, like, what's going on, you know what I mean? Like, they are like, oh, I had no idea. And they apologize, like, whatever it is, and they're like, hey, and then once you change that person, there's this butterfly effect that happens. It's like, no, Nikki, they're not all, like, racist pigs and that hooey donuts, you know, 27 hours out of the day. Like, they're actually, like, doing this and the other. And Nikki's like, wow, yeah. We're all woke, You know what I mean? Nikki, I mean, she's Nikki's over there just, just being
0: over there super woke. woke. Yeah. woke, <laughs> Concerning, actually.
1: So it's like the I funding. I can feel it from here. <laughs> so the funding. So now you have the funding to actually have programs to do that. Because the first thing, like, when, when people think, okay, defund the police. The first, like, they're not going to take money away from our pension or, you know, our salary or whatever. They're going to take money away from those programs that we've designed to be proactive in helping the community. Mm -hmm. The ones where we go into underprivileged schools, we have, you know, like, coffee with a cop or whatever, like, shop with a cop, and you're interacting with these kids who maybe don't have great family environments. Now they have someone to look forward to. They have a very good, I guess, list of um, values and morals that, you know, they have someone that they can kind of embolize. They take away from those programs. They take away from programs like the pert mental illness like they they detract from that you know so that's like when you think defunding the these are all the programs that are going to be proactive and actually kind of help the issues that they talk about
0: let me ask you something about pert what is the ratio per department versus the amount of pert members that are on call on a 24 hour basis oh i
1: don't know well so we let have down. let's see i'm like let me just dig in my Turn your cop brain on. Turn it
0: off. So here, let me let me let me tell you why. While you're thinking, let me tell you why. Because in Canada, at least in BC, we have a car eighty six. There's like one on shift. Mm -hmm. And it's not all the time. And and more often than not, if there's only one for a whole department, Mm -hmm. how do you expect that to handle that community properly? You you can't. Well that's
1: it's just again, we talk about it's a check mark. Hey, box. you know what? We we checked this slide, but hey, we have PERT as a resource. We checked it off, so we're good here. Um, We have, I don't know how many PERT officers, but we do have nine different divisions for the city. And for each division, there's probably about three to four PERT clinicians, and they'll work first watch, which is 6 a.m. to 4 p.m. Mm-hmm. And then one will work second watch, which is 2 p.m. to midnight. So there will be usually one in the morning and then one on the afternoon during the weekdays. So, but again, and I don't know the numbers on this, but the amount of 50 and 50 calls have gone up exponentially. And so like as police officers, you can put somebody on a 50 and 50 hold, but we just don't have the resources and our criteria is are they a danger to others? Are they a danger to themselves or are gravely disabled? So, Again, like, we can kind of analyze that, but PERT has a whole different, you know, they have all these other resources. They have a different list of criteria that they would usually meet. And then they can help kind of insert them into more, I don't don't want to say long-term programs, but more consistent programs to check in with. Right. Or they can get, you know, medication from, that type of thing. But, I mean... Again, like they're one person, they might be able to do like one or two of those a day, and that's it.
0: Yeah, that's overwhelming. That when you when you already are struggling for funding, and they want to defund more, but yet they want you to look after the community more. It, the logic, it, it, I fail to see how this many people can be this idiotic. I really do feel fi- I. People are like, Kelsey, come on, you're just being dramatic. No, I'm dead serious. I fail to see why there is this many people saying the defund and then still
1: calling when your house is broken into. I just don't think, and again, I really think it goes back to education and having conversations and a lot of people, and I really really enjoy open-minded discussions. So when I meet somebody that – you know, has a problem and they want to ask me a certain question, I love that. You know, it's like, hey, like what, like what are your concerns? Because again, like people forget it's a lot of this stuff isn't common sense. And before I went through the academy, before I met people in law enforcement, before I worked in the gun industry, all this kind of stuff, I had this certain conception about police officers and just, oh, they just arrest and gun and whatever. You kind of really don't know about everything else. So it's, it's very easy to be misled unless you're willing to have a conversation So then I think about like, well, what would I have thought if I, you know, didn't have this background and all this kind of stuff? So it's like when I talk to people and I have this open mind and I'm able to articulate like, hey, I understand this is how you feel that way. And like this is being portrayed. And, you know, let me explain to you why we do this. I don't know anybody else that I work with that's willing to do that. So it's because it's difficult. You have a lot of people who are like, you know what, jaded, like doesn't fucking matter anyway. Nothing's going to change. But again, like you never know. Nikki could have really needed that conversation. You know what I mean?
0: No, absolutely. And you don't know. And if you're not going to be willing to put the time in, you can't sit there and criticize the system.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like if you don't have the answers, like it's one thing to criticize. We, and I've said this before. It's one thing to complain about something. It's one thing to sit there and say it needs to be better. It just has to be better. But I don't think people understand that if you're going to do that, you should also be contributing in a positive way to changing the conversation. Mm -hmm. If you're that upset about it and you're that angry that you're going to march in the streets about it, why don't you sit down and go, okay, why is this actually happening?
1: Because that actually is hard. Oh, yeah. And that will actually, the, the problem is nobody wants to admit, we go back to personal responsibility, nobody wants to admit when they're wrong. We have this inherent desire to be right all the time. So when you, have that active discussion, then that puts you in a vulnerable position of like, you know what, I was wrong, and I had an asshole opinion, and I apologize, and nobody, like, how many people have the ball to do it? This goes into that, like, beta person in an alpha kind of environment, so I totally invite people in, and it's like, hey, you know what, I would love to take you on a ride along, and again, like, I go with you, it's like, if you're willing to have all these opinions, then you should have facts from both sides. And I see both sides quite often where it's like, I work in a community where if there were no police officers, it would be detrimental to just other, you know, like normal citizens living in the area who get bullets going through their walls because there's a gang war outside. I went to a call, 70 rounds, they had. They were doing a Jeez. gang, it was a gang music video, rival gang came, just, you know.
0: Lit the place up?
1: Yeah. Jeez. in a cul-de-sac in a residential cul-de-sac god that takes and balls the evidence lady was there for 26 hours Jeez. but we went and we're checking out we have to do welfare checks on everyone that has you know obviously in the area 90 year old lady had a bullet hole that went six inches from her fucking head so oh it's like god. these it's... are the people who are victim I and mean, if there's you know what i mean like the lack of force concept kind of these are the people who are going to be affected right so i see both sides I don't know any racist cops that I work with. I don't. And if I worked in like I will tell you right now, it is very moderated where if you say something that would be taken as like, oh, you know what? That's like fucked up. It is reported so fast and they're gone before you could even before you can even imagine. It that's, is so regulated. That's
0: scary though, because that goes back to not everything someone says about you is true yes so the jobs are being stripped without an opportunity to I don't know what that feels like
1: that also because you're walking on eggshells around people like again we hey. use dark humor as a coping mechanism so yeah if you have someone who takes that as hey I'm offended or you offend me then you can get fired for it and it's like hey you know what it was a joke or whatever hey I just you know said a quote I heard on South Park and that could be taken as oh you know what oh she's worth it.
0: Well, if that's the case, when you're offended by South Park. I mean, then all three of us should be highly offended at their Canadian South Park characters.
1: I love South Park so much. Well, yeah, it's my favorite. You, I mean,
0: you should. It's Didn't they sign a ridiculous deal recently, or over the did last they? year? I thought South Park did. No, seriously, I need a phone. Mm-hmm. South Park did a deal recently. I don't know if, how recent, but I know it was like recent enough that I'm like I remember reading that. Something to the tune of nine hundred million. I, yeah, I, I'm not. Really. Yet. It means freedom. Oh, nine hundred million. Wow,
1: that's crazy. Look at that memory working. That's awesome. Really. Next
0: six six years, nine hundred. That is the that is the value of a cartoon. Like you can't say. That South Park isn't the fabric of the United States and then fire somebody over quoting it at a job.
1: But you can because that, Again, it's worse to offend people than to Oh man. Speak the truth. Yeah, it is so, it's really you know what?
0: It really does though. The um people get offended, not just you know who else gets offended? Bots stupid yeah. algorithms get offended oh. they get butt hurt about life can we the talk buzzwords? about words can we talk about it for a minute
1: yeah because because you're experiencing that right now oh. big time oh, God damn, so, bad. so what's i mean there's so many different buzzwords and does have you had anyone where if they try and request you it's like hey this person may say offensive things and they put that in that settings you saw the settings
2: what no oh sorry hold on sorry. oh i hit that hard Sorry, we should all go ahead and I'll say our favorite Canadian it? word. <laughs> what's
0: the fi- yeah? What's your favorite?
2: Okay, so
1: I don't know. My grandma, and my mom are all. Hey. Eh?
0: Yeah. Well, cause you're you're, you're half so French, you to- right? You're half Quebecois.
2: Yeah. So- oh,
1: yeah okay. So you go to, sorry, Benjamin.
2: Sorry. Notifications.
1: Sorry, the solid one.
2: Sorry. Sorry, <laughs> a- bag is a bag, new bag one that I say. Oh wait, limits. bagel. No, it's a bagel here. solid. You and I have been saying about, sorry around blue, the house a lot. About it makes, like. Man, stop. <laughs> like, because are stressing stop apologizing out. for everything. Because you're <laughs> stressing
0: us all. <laughs> yeah, I get the a boot, a boat, about. About. Um, about. People are like, oh, you have an accent there. Okay,
1: okay, wait. So if you go to settings on Instagram. Okay. And okay. you go to account. I'm do it on press, I mean, anyway. Okay. okay. Oh, so God. go to this this settings on. This is, and everyone oh, my God. This. Can somebody
0: check my personal one after <laughs>
1: this? <laughs> this is, so you have ah. to do this on every. You have hey, to do settings? this on your own personal okay. account. So you go to settings. Yeah. Settings. Go, go down to account. Okay. And you see where it says sensitive content control?
2: Yeah.
1: You have to click allow. I wonder if they'll let us post that, <sighs> that beer thing right now. Can you so do it this, on my phone? But this allows <laughs> you to see it. So everyone has to do that because if they have and so a lot of people don't know about they just snuck in and was like, hey, update at three o'clock in the morning. You know?
0: They, they slid into in your DMs. And they They're added good at
1: that. They added this again. You go to settings, you go to account sensitive content control Mm -hmm. and so as they implemented this on every single account they put everyone at limit default and you have to go in physically and you have to change it to allow
0: i wonder if that's why i almost lost my account
1: because if you post something well it, it limits people from seeing your content seeing what you post or what other people post what you want to see as far as i know it's seeing what you can see so if i have it unlimited you can't see I anybody be, like me. I, I might be able to not <laughs> see something that is these, what these bots consider sensitive.
0: Oh, well then I I surpassed that a, a minute
1: ago. So everyone who is listening to this, settings, account, sensitive content Unless you no. want to still be sensitive. Like I'm not going to tell be, you. Listen,
0: if you want to be a snowflake, I'll, I'll respect it. Oops. But you don't get to say anything to me about my non-snowflakeness. What?
1: What this says is, this setting can help you control the amount of photos and videos you may find upsetting or offensive oh, on no. your Explorer page. It does not control what you see in direct messages, Reels, stories, feed, or account recommendations. Okay,
0: but back up. That literally just said that it stops you from seeing it, but it doesn't stop you from seeing Reels, photos, DMs, videos. Allegedly. But that literally just said it stops you from seeing it. On the next line, it says, "But it doesn't stop you from seeing it." That makes no sense. That makes sense. no sense. It literally, it it contradicts itself. The next sentence. I
1: just work here. I don't, I mean
0: <laughs> You're just getting me all riled up.
1: It's and it's infor- and I see um, a lot of these pages. You know, it's like again, you could flag something that you consider offensive, and then all of a sudden, it blocks it from everyone else's algorithm. So it's killing people's businesses yeah it's it's killing their voice and so and again like even back to that documentary it's so tailored to you and what it thinks you want to see and what it only wants you to see
0: it's it's really messed up it's funny because a perfect example is before I came down I was telling Nikki about my nails because everybody says I have ridiculous nails I I got ridiculous
2: nails thanks all our nails nails are are great by the way yeah look at us
0: Women in full force. Mm. See? Mm. This is how well-behaved women act. Okay? We get our nails done. We get them done. So I was talking to her, and I'm not kidding. I, I think I Googled one photo for a color. Next thing you know, my Insta- like my Instagram was just – my whole home feed was just nails. I'll show it to you after. It's just bopping on nails right now.
1: Well, now that we're talking about it, when I go on – you know, yeah. after this, it's going to be like nails. It's going to be, yeah. Because we talked yeah. about this, right? The phones. You are know what? Listening. And I've told you this
2: one before. And Does it this sound, sounds crazy. I want to know it's about that because I don't know how real that is. It's very real. It's very real. <sighs> it's very real. I swear sometimes I don't even th- say things out loud.
0: Okay, well,
1: or,
2: what? No, or, or we're, search it. Nikki, Neuralink what were we
1: is talking not there about yet? this. No, what were we talking about? And it. And it did
2: it right it was, away. Um, Last time we hung out, I remember, it was like,
1: it was so fucking specific. birth control. It was birth control, wasn't it? We were talking about oh, we were talking about, we were, we were talking, talking about like vasectomies and stuff. Yeah, we were talking about or yeah. like fertility or whatever it is. And I think oh, infertility
2: with COVID. That's what it was. Yeah, how mm.
1: miscarriages are, or like whatever and it is and it we we're talking popping about popping
2: mm-hmm. up. Did you Google it? No, we were just no, having a conversation. we were just
1: having conversation. Our phones were didn't look up a single fucking thing. And then I I was driving home, and I remember she texted me and was like screenshot it and was like look what I just got popped up and we had It's creepy. I, we were hanging out with some people and they're like no like your phones listen and it was some very mm. respectable very intelligent people who work in the community and understand yeah yeah. so
0: basically what I was gonna say was that our people yeah okay well then that's fine yeah yeah no yeah yeah, yeah I got you okay so so it's oh like yeah so
1: yeah talking like they're yeah. like no we don't even have meetings unless our phones are in the other room in the microwave
0: yeah, I mean, I'm not really sure why I still talk around it. Frankly, I've been fair warned,
1: mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. very fair warned, and I, and I, you know, I'm gonna say it out loud. I'm gonna say it on here. I'm gonna, it's, just, I'm gonna get caught with whatever. It doesn't, yeah. you know, I'm not gonna stop it. Um, there's just too many devices. There's too much. There's the phones. There's the watches. There's the cars. Uh, there's cars, the
2: everything.
0: everything. So if you really were wanted to have a private conversation, if you s- sat down and looked around, like when I was in Texas, one of the guys has a fridge. That's, like, has, like, full music, TV, and, like, Siri. And, like, I, you can, like, talk to the fridge. And I'm, like, so the fridge. Is it the
1: one that will order? It'll put in it'll, – it'll see um, what you need in your refrigerator. and It'll put an order for you. Is it that one?
0: I don't think so. I, I do – I did learn that it does play music and you can watch TV on it because we were standing there, a bunch of us, and I was, like, why does that fridge look like that? <laughs> He's, like, oh, because it plays – Plays music. And I was like, for why? Who needs that? No one needs that. That's who. It's just mm-hmm. great listening yeah. device. Do you remember when people used to bug out and freak out? People were tapping my phone.
1: Yeah. Yes. <laughs>
0: and now we just tap. We well, tap we consent it. consent
1: to it. Yeah. TikTok. Great example. There was That's a why I don't why use it. it was, I don't have it on my phone. There was a reason why it was. It, it, Trump was trying to ban it. and China. China. But they built this whole app, mm-hmm. and it allows them to download and utilize all the photos and videos in your phone. How many people in the military do you see now who are taking fucking TikTok videos when they should be training?
0: So you know now, what's really messed up? Tic- all of that. I'm just, I'm shocked. The United States military, I'm shocked that any of NATO's military allows their people on TikTok.
1: Mm-hmm. Unbelievable.
0: But then, you know what else doesn't, you know, this is also why it doesn't shock me, is because, like, Canada, we brought the Chinese military in in 2020 to train on our bases, so...
1: I'm pretty sure China is in the U.S. right now doing cold weather training in Alaska. Yeah,
0: yeah they so. yeah. And by in the U.S., you mean the the fucking state that should just be ours? Yeah, yeah, that place. Yeah, they came down to <laughs> yeah. Salt Spring. They were in Salt Spring Island off of the West Coast, and then in uh, the end of 2020, they were out in Ottawa, in the cap, just the capital.
1: No big deal. I mean, it's fine. Everything's it's fine. It's fine. We were totally allowing them to just launch off their nuclear weapons that are too fast for us to even track with technology but everything's fine it's fine. fine everything's fine yeah
0: it feels good it's a very it's very inclusive i feel really good about it nobody sees my face so i should
1: feel real i have really big eyes I'm okay. you should
0: you should be terrified everyone should i'm ter-
1: <laughs> i honestly it's a very scary time that we're living in and i am a big proponent of if we do not protect i mean at least us on the u.s side if Thanks. we do not protect Thanks our constitution it will fall and the thing is like people don't realize china's been planning this for hundreds of years um the fucking art of war i don't know they wrote a fucking book about it and (laughs) they literally put it and (laughs) sold it in your country yeah they've we gave you the playbook we're going to become the ultimate empire and they're just trojan horsing the shit out of us they play the long game
0: Mm-hmm. They're generational. Chess, not
1: checkers. Yeah, well, that's what
0: happens, right? I mean, any country that has over what is it like twelve thousand active concentration camps that just are just chilling, we just allowing that Holocaust to rip because we can't touch them. No different than I had some of the people at the event, uh, the twenty-four hour we did with Trading Post and Fire Career Pop. Um, We donated that. We donated that money to Honor House, and it couldn't be on Instagram. We got we got flagged. Um, everything got pulled down, and then we got warning, warning, warning. And then we got your account will be deleted if we fuck up again, kind of warning. And so this was because we were posting about a charity. Like we were doing a charity event and donating all of the money to charity. We were doing a growth on for charity with firefighters. So, so you know, it doesn't shock me, but what what's disturbing to me is that it's all accepted. Mm-hmm. We're all accepting it. We're all allowing it. And people don't get the, the true repercussions. And it's not... There's no race involved. But these people were like, hey, we're going on deployment in June. I said, where are you going? They're like, oh, we're just going to chill, like, somewhere in the – somewhere. And I was like, oh, you're going there? I'm like, yeah. Because they're like, yeah, because that's, like, about to pop off any minute now. And I was like, yeah, yeah, other countries do overtake other countries in the 21st century. We saw it with Russia. We've seen it. We've seen Mm -hmm. this happen. It's a playbook. And they play the long game and they, they know that you know that they do because they'll put you, your child, that child's child, and that child's child into a prison camp. And those kids will all be born there and generations will be wiped out. So don't sit there and tell me that they haven't thought this through because they don't care if it happens in their lifetime or the next one mm-hmm. as long as it happens. Yeah. And there's a path to that. And when we were in China during the outbreak, my husband and I, perfect example of how they control. We're there in a taxi, going to the trains, moving from one factory to the next, okay? We, last time we were there, had paper money because that's the currency that you could use. During the time we were gone, when we got back there, all finances had moved to WeChat or electronic only. Bitcoin, cryptocurrency. No, no, we like your bank account. So if you didn't have one of these platforms um, or a Chinese bank account, you can't pay for anything. Food, taxis. So I'm in the taxi. We go to get out. Can't transfer money, money. So he kicks my husband out and drives with me. Yeah. So while this is happening, I said, just keep circling. I got to try to figure this out. He's losing his shit. I'm using a translation app. Brady's freaking out a bit. He's like, we got to figure something out here. So we call one of our factories, our trading companies, thankfully. We've worked with them for years and years and years. She goes, gets the guy on the phone, gives him his email address. She transfers the money. I get out of the taxi. That's fucking scary. But that's my point. If I didn't have that, he was taking me to the police. Yeah.
1: Well, like, who knows what would have happened to you? Well, the Chinese
0: police are a different ballgame. Didn't we just, Canada, Canada just got back to... We just got two, two people back from China. We um, did a swap with them and for the, was it the Huawei executive that was in house arrest in Vancouver. Yeah, we had this, this happened. This happened recently. Um, I want to say in the past month or two. We had two guys who were, I don't know if they were, they were either journalists or they were teachers, something along those lines. They were like, they're like spies. So they held them. For like a long fucking time, we just got them back.
1: Can get them on a podcast?
0: I mean, that would be it, yeah, but I doubt that's you're going to get what awesome. you want out of that. That's crazy. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying is like anybody who holds another citizen and for years and years and is like, nope, they they're don't spies. don't value
1: human life. I don't think people here, we've, like I said, we've created this cushion lifestyle, this bubble world, right? Where. We fought for it. We became an independent country. There's that um, – I forgot the exact quote and who said it, but I know it was – I believe it was a Marine. And the, um, like, strong men make good times, good times make weak men, weak oh, men make
2: yeah, good yeah times, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: and then yeah, yeah. weak times make strong men. We're in the weak times category right now. and But people believe that we're in this, you know – Prosperous Americas when it first came about, and that were untouchable, and that's—it's not true. You but know we're so
0: reach out and touch.
1: Oh, we're—we've already been, you know, molested by multiple like it's people don't understand because again, it's not advertised for. You know, my parents' generation—if it were on the news, it was informative. It was true. It was if you oh if you if you misconstrued something or falsely reported something. You were taken off the air.
0: Yeah, it's a problem. Like, and you were in, it wasn't just like you were taken off the air. Like you were fired. Like banned from mm-hmm. ever
1: being on TV again. You so misspoke. Th- so it was like, hey, this is the news. This is non bias It's the fucking news. This is where we get our information. And now you made a good point is we have an overabundance where you don't know what's true and what isn't. I can't tell you without a shadow of a doubt, whatever we pull up is going to be completely free of bias, right. or completely informational with all the facts. Like, it's just, there's absolutely no fucking way to tell. Do you think that there is a strategy in that? 100%. Right. 100%. Like, again, we talked about, but like they've, you said, this playbook has been out there for hundreds of years. They've wanted to be this ultimate empire mm-hmm. for fucking ever. There's a reason they control, I mean... Think about how much money we give them. Think about how much everything is made over there, how much we rely on. Oh, you know, yeah. It's like
0: – we Yeah, I was going to say that, you know, that's something that um, I struggle with because coming from – having a business that rocks in the fashion industry, we run into things called like fast fashion. So H&M type stuff, right? That quick turn, Forever 21, that stuff. And a lot of businesses are run, run into the situation where they feel like they have to be fast fashion because then people get bored because nobody has an attention span, yes. quality of products, you know, things like that. But nobody wants to pay for quality, so they want to accept <laughs> no. product from everywhere. So, like, don't get me wrong. I have some factories in China. I'm not a hypocrite. I'm not going to pretend that I don't. I have a couple, and they're great, and they're yeah. and photos.
1: So when I showed you these, I mean, were, were you like, okay, you know, I just love it first sight. Like, yeah. I just there was like, a lot of mixed you- feelings.
0: I uh, I was in awe of the human condition, and when somebody says they can't get a job anywhere, that you couldn't have nailed that more on the head.
1: No pun
0: intended. None there. <laughs> None. No pun there. I didn't know what I was going to get. Um, it took a minute. It took a minute to process what I was seeing. I I did come into the office and immediately share with all the women that they needed. Was it
1: like received well?
0: It was met with hysterical laughter um, on a repeat basis. And it took, yes. it took some time out of the day. I won't lie. It was one of those moments for me. It really was. So <gasps> yeah. thank you for that. That was uh, an addition to my life. I showed you my pumpkins that night, too. Well, this is we what I was like, going to get
1: into. like, second and third base. Like
0: really we quickly. hit hard. Yeah. That FaceTime fucked. Yeah. So, tell they me. double. It
1: was like a double-double to the face FaceTime.
0: Oh, so good. Animals.
1: Animals. Biggie
0: oh. <laughs> <laughs> with the voice. <laughs> Please tell me about. We need to do this, like, weekly. We honestly. can.
1: Uh, we shall discuss later. So, tell okay. me. Yeah, not just a white people thing, but, like, code for an orgy. Oh, God. Don't involve my parents in orgy, please. It happened. I'm just going to sit here and pretend like you didn't say that. I said it, and I'm going to highlight it. Oh, my gourd. So. Oh, wow. That was a gourd joke. Wow. There's going to be more. I've been preparing. (laughs) Oh, no. So I loved, I loved pumpkins. I was like, man, these are beautiful, spherical, orange, you know, vegetables, squash, whatever they are. Boobies. Boobies. And I loved Halloween, like just getting into the fall like fall is my favorite season, and going to the pumpkin patch and smelling you know the hay everywhere and fucking running around picking the pumpkin. I was like, this is highlight of my life. So then when I I think I was maybe, I don't know like 17, 18. I decided to sculpt it from the outside. I was like, I'm just going to – we're just going to see what happens. We're going to get wild. We're going to get crazy.
0: Where were your parents and what object was used to sculpt?
1: My parents were in the other room. They weren't involved in any of this. This was – This feels safe. Yeah. Like where this is going. (laughs) But I had a steak knife, a mechanical pencil, and a vegetable peeler. And I'm like, I'm just going to fucking do this. So I sculpt the outside, and I'm looking at this thing, and I'll pull it up so you guys can see. First pumpkin ever. And I'm like, oh, shit, that was kind of cool. So then he decided to paint it. And I was pretty impressed. I've always been into art. Did you just art. say that at two you were impressed with yourself? This wasn't two. No, I was like
0: 18 at this time. Oh, okay. Point. Oh, so you were just at two home. Two years old. Okay.
1: You know, like we had pumpkin carving parties from, you know, I, I have like pictures like from when I was two like it with a pumpkin. Obviously, I can't fucking carve anything at two. But... When I turned like 17, 18, I started sculpting it. That's kind of where things got out of hand. So this was the first one. Holy heck. That that was your first try? This was, yeah, my first try at like the 3D. Jesus. This is, that's gnarly. Oh my God. And I was like, okay, I'm not like horrible at this. So then I did another one that year and it was the clown. And I think I knew I was going to, there was a trick or treat that came up and she got so scared from it. She dropped her candy and ran off the driveway and I was like. I've succeeded. This is, you know, I've made it. So then I went through, this was like year two, and then my friends and stuff, they were like, all right, Monique, you have to start doing competitions. So they would enter me into different competitions. And actually, you'll appreciate this. My first time ever on the news, they wanted pumpkin carving um, on the news. It was like a little competition. So there was, I think, four of us. So I figured, okay. Pumpkin carving, news, San Diego. I'm going to do Ron Burgundy from Man. You know, San Diego, Will's vagina. I'm like, this is you meant to be. You just took the words out of my mouth. It's meant to be. So I'm on the news, and they're interviewing like, oh, what are you doing? You know, and I'm just going to – you can just play it. You can play uh, it to the microwave. This going to be good. To the, okay. You ready? We're going to listen to everyone.
2: Good. Oh, I love this. Ron-,
0: Ron Jeremy, no, not. Different not that. kind of pumpkin. Maybe on the other side. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Ron Jeremy. <laughs> wow. Like, How old were you there?
1: Me. I was like, I don't know, 20. I was 20 years old. Ron Jeremy. Ron Jeremy. <laughs> I was like, so serious with it. I'm like, you're <laughs> fake, Ron. And then she's like, you Ron Burgundy. And I'm like, oh no. You committed oh, no. so hard. <laughs> they didn't ask me back after that, but I was like,
0: she didn't skip a beat. She's like, maybe on the other side. If it makes you feel any better, during a podcast with Nate Boyer, I accidentally asked him if he and the guys enjoyed rub and tugs. So like, if I went to say rough and tumble in the units, and you guys like rough and tumble, and, and I said rub and tug, and he went, "What?" <laughs> so like, listen, we all have our moments we that are not moments,
1: our rub and tug, Ron Jeremy moments. You, you need know what I mean? to, you need to have those. You have to absolutely you know it's very it's a very human thing to do.
0: Yeah, and I'm I'm mm-hmm. glad that you've kept that clip and still play I'll keep it. I'll it forever. You have to.
1: I will. Maybe oh I'll post it this year I gonna... I tried to and it wouldn't let me load, but then it like everyone looked at me like I can't believe she just fucking gave a shout out to a 70s porn star. It's absolutely <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> and I was just absolutely. There's like this 8-year-old that's like, I don't know, and everyone else is like horrified and my parents are telling my fucking brothers like, "Yeah, Monique," and I'm like, "I didn't mean to, but" i watched a what lot of porn on? they're like why do you why do you even know who that is i'm like i don't don't ask me i don't know <laughs> so don't look under my bed it's that now. was like i know right that was like the first time that was the first time i was on the news and then pretty much every year after that um just local news stations and my friends like oh you should do the food network i'm like there's no fucking way i'm gonna be on the food network i put in an application and they called me and i filmed it it's so weird putting things out into the universe and it's like oh there's no way like if you were to tell me oh you're gonna be a professional pumpkin carver one day i'd be like okay, hey, you can eat my ass and then we can talk about something else but now it's but make like, sure you eat it though yeah yeah don't talk about it be about it but <laughs> don't talk about it be <laughs> you know that. what i mean double double that but, but it's like you know but i mean it's such a weird fucking thing to be good at you know and so eating ass or pumpkin carving both you take something really passionate you know what i'm saying? <laughs>
0: Just be good at what yeah. you do.
1: Just fucking dedicate think, your life. I think the <laughs> takeaway here is don't talk
0: about so it. In be the in
1: of this podcast. Be about it. <laughs> don't talk
0: about eating ass. <laughs> Listen, send butter. My boys over at Send Butter are all about <laughs> it. Those guys... Uh, Spencer, they're they're all about it over at the Potty Mouth Podcast. They are about it. The
1: Potty Mouth.
0: Yeah, I'll I'll introduce you. That'd be a good one for you guys. They're just they're not far from here. We'll so awesome. We'll hook that up. You will be I you will die. Don't. All right. I'll I'm bring gonna make the that wrong up. Jeremy
1: pumpkin and we'll start off. I think his I think okay, I'll, yeah. I'll just bring a butternut squash and just <laughs> Stroke <laughs> it. On what
0: are you doing? I'm carving. <laughs> I'm Doesn't carving. look like you've got anything in your hand. <laughs> Do you have any
1: astroglide? Just asking for a <laughs> asking for a friend. <laughs>
0: no application needed all <laughs> oh, ruthless
1: oh i love it so but pumpkins i never actually carved them okay i always say every year i'm gonna carve ron jeremy but i get too tied up with food network house. projects food, food network um so yeah that happened and you know tv stuff obviously it's, it's you know tv thing. yeah it's it's different but it's so much fun and you get to work with all these carvers and we talk about industries right because i mean people are like oh professional pumpkin like when someone's like hey check out this girl's pumpkins you're like hell yeah and then you're like hell yeah like what the fuck you know you know what that reminds me of victoria told me about this
0: recently have you ever been on reddit and saw have you ever seen this it's like old grandma gets deep into whipped pie and you actually go on and it's a grandmother making a pie with her hands deep and then it's like grandma or mommy like rolls out Smacks rolling
1: like some sexualized term and you're like, No, she's just making cookies. She's legit. Like dirty gam gam. Yeah, dirty yeah.
0: gam gam gets cream on her face. I and mean it's like pie till
1: I die. And you're yeah, like, uh Yeah, and
0: then you watch it and you're like, Oh no, it's just grandma getting pie to the face. Like it's literally not my point is Yeah.
1: If you sexualize it all. Small white girl gets Yeah, wrist deep and yeah. hot pumpkin. Yeah, it's hot, like hot, wet pumpkin. Oh my
0: god. You I, know, just, should. I, I Click, 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 pop, 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 yeah. I'm going to make Spreads that. Spreads your... her seed. You know oh I mean? like, There's so many. Oh, my God. don't are disgusting. So, I don't know.
1: Love it. I love every Fucking second love
0: of it. i like, eating this for breakfast right now. I'm savoring yeah. these moments. Tastes pumpkin pie. Oh. Okay, say it,
1: Nikki. Oh, God. There it is. That's fine. Say it again. That's fine. Say it again to me. Pumpkin pie. Oh, there it is. Oh, there it is. That's what I was looking for. I was you waiting how many to people that. are gonna fucking save this for the spank bank? They're gonna be like clipping this podcast and just you pumpkin pie over and over pie. again. Pumpkin double pie. double. It's okay. There'll be a meme made. Give it a minute. Somebody will. They'll listen and make one. Be I like it. Yes. I've been getting some bangers lately.
0: They're
1: hilarious. Out. Getting some solid solid some memes. Really? Yeah, people make memes. I'm excited for this one.
2: I know. I hope we come up with something.
1: There better be. If there's not a pumpkin meme, I'm going to find out. I don't make I the memes.
2: Be... People send me the memes. True, I know. I,
1: I hope I, anyone who's They'll a meme listen. maker on
0: here. Oh, Please just don't just ask peanut for peanut it. Butter. People send me peanut butter too. <laughs> peanut butter? Um, There's been a case of peanut butter delivered in my office before because of a podcast. It was it involving a dog? No. It was good. just like a PB&J conversation. It was like a psychedelic. It was the whole thing. and They sent peanut butter. I have a lot of Jif peanut butter at my house.
1: I mean, my office. I mean, that's not a bad thing. I'd be like, hell I don't yeah. eat shit. Jam- Fucking peanut butter. I'm healthy. I mean, we're gonna go to In-N-Out after. Yeah, we're <laughs> double, I was gonna double. say here we
2: are. I in In-N-Out.
0: I'm specific about my peanut butter. I live in Vancouver. I have to be
1: specific about my Lululemon's peanut butter and gas consumption. We're supposed to get taxed um, per mile. By the way, did you hear about this?
2: I heard that our governor
1: wants to tax about six cents per mile per on every drive. Everyone just on your vehicle, me.
0: just on your personal vehicle that you mm-hmm. bought with your personal money. Yeah, mm-hmm. why are you still living here?
1: I don't, I've been spending yeah. so much time looking at other properties. property elsewhere.
2: But look off the balcony. That's yeah, why know. we F- live here. Don't. Just, <laughs> sh-
1: yeah, I like see Mexico from where I live, so it's like. Yeah. I mean the federales are also watching you, girl.
2: But I mean, you're up in Canada. I left for a reason.
0: Yeah, no trust, trust.
2: trust. trust. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think this North America is just a sitting. Yeah, going oh, to that we ramp. Just go to like no, that's a whole other Switzerland.
2: Thing. The
0: chocolate? I don't know. I don't Switzerland. Yeah, but I like the chocolate. For, no, see, you gotta have more than chocolate. <laughs> I think we should all buy it an island. I think there's enough of us that have enough. <laughs> we
2: can make enough. our own community.
0: We can make a weird like CBC Island, CBC oh. non Jonestown. We're gonna go. We're gonna go the route. Of not committing suicide on mass mass amounts, we're gonna just be an island that no one's
1: gonna fuck with. I will carve <laughs> sand titties. I okay. want that. I will carve some sand titties okay. on the shore.
2: Okay, okay.
1: And that, that will great. be that will be just Sweeties. the welcome modeled after yeah. Which you one? have to like motorboat
0: it. Hers oh my God. modeled you, after you, hers. You
1: bring in your motorboat through the titties. Like, oh. There's an idea.
0: I'm sorry. Why are we nailing this so hard? Oh, <laughs> she mic dropped. Mic dropped. I got to get
1: my position back. I didn't move it. For it.
0: Is this good? Yeah. Okay. Good. So I had God. to. That's the worst thing you
2: could But for do. real, think of the community that all of our networks would make.
0: It's troubling. Our it's so much fun. If we all actually – I've talked about this, about how we, we have like this – people in this community who are big enough. There needs – in my opinion, you know, I, wanna, I have this vision of uh, an essential – Every charity that does from every state and every province exactly what they do in the town that they're in and the services they're willing to to provide in a database. I have that vision. I have this vision of meeting twice a year in a location with everybody who's the top of what they're doing, all sitting down and going, how do we, how do we fix this community? Mm -hmm. I have that vision. I've talked about it several times. I've brought it up. I rant about it because I think it can be done. It would take a lot of pull, but I think everybody wants to do what they want to do and they might not want to be involved, but I think we owe it to our own people to look after our own people. And I think that requires a little bit of organization. I agree. I think after things like Jocko, we had so many people reach out for help and we spent most of the time finding the resources not actually doing the helping. It took us a long time to get the resources because it's about finding people in that area, in that town. It was, you know, I was lucky because we were able to do a call out on Instagram and we had enough people and we got, we had somebody from a group who then got me to this person who got me to that person who then would get them to get that person into a treatment. And if we could do that on a grand scale, I know everyone's like, that's Veterans Affairs. I'm like, no, it's not. No, just it doesn't have to be veteran oriented. It, it can be anything, exactly. And then not only that is, it can be people. Most of these companies have more money put together and access, and are willing. And there's no red tape. It's like just help the buddy, just just get him what he needs. And it almost takes private citizens to to solve that problem. And so, so Pineapple Express, but exactly, exactly a resource database. I like it. Yeah, like the Central Island. Yes, Island, Island Essential. Yes, because I know for me selfishly. I need it for the people that we help and yeah. we get, like, we're not a resource. We're, we're a resource for people, but we're a weird one. We're not, when people, when you've got people reaching out who are in government being like, Hey, I need to get this person help. I can't get them help. you you know that you just called a jewelry and sunglass company, right? Like, yeah, cool. Okay. I'll get it done. But my point is if we could have that database, you plug that person in. Can you imagine the overflow, the amount of pressure that would take off? telling you, it would take some logistics. It makes you
1: wonder why hasn't that been done already. You know what I mean? Is it because there's been a lack of organization? Or is there some other entity that because it would be so successful, there would be some incentive for someone to make sure that doesn't happen? You're talking about Jack Carr. You're talking about
0: Glover. You're talking about... Black Rifle. You're talking about SOG. You're talking about, um, ERT. You're talking about us. You're, you're, you're looking at Northern Patriot up in Canada. You're looking at Help for Heroes over in the UK. You're looking at shit left, right, and center. You're looking at for-profit businesses. And then you're looking at nonprofits to come in and go, how do we partner with them? Right. You're, you're talking about people that are doing really hard work, but everyone's real busy. And they gotta, there's gotta be a line where, in my opinion, you know, people are doing really great work as is, so they might not feel the need. Like this might not be a need, but I do believe there's a need. Yeah. I know there's Google. Don't get me wrong. I know there's Google. I know there's resources. I know there's charities. I know I can find them. Just take some time, put your head down, and do the work. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, yeah, we need to do that, but we need to all sit down and decide how much do we
1: all value of vets' life. Well, it doesn't – like you said, it doesn't even have to be for vets. It's just like – First resp- – you know, I do – we're, we're not vetting even first, first responders, responders But too. not even – I mean like let's say you're like, hey, I have a family friend who just got in like a gnarly accident and they right. have this crazy PTSD that they can't – shake. Would you be, you know what I mean? Like special yeah. exception Like type OS, thing. Yeah.
0: Oh, you can have special exception, but I'm saying like the OSI type yeah. stuff, so operational stress injury, or yep. you're looking at trauma response or secondary yes. PTS. So like All Secure handles that. Like yeah. you know that there's some that go, All Secure, family, special forces, secondary PTS and PTS, bam. You know that's great. That's um that's Tom and Jen Satterley's. Um, but it doesn't operator. even have
1: to be like, people are busy, but the beauty of something like this is it's not to give them more work. All you're doing is like, Hey, it's like, it's almost like a, like a business reference page. Like, hey, you join this membership, and now this is the list of memberships you get a discount at. So it's all like, hey, Nikki, like, what you're doing is fucking great. I love it. I think that you're extremely proficient in what you're doing. Do you, would you have any interest in being on this, like, membership list? That way we can utilize your services more efficiently and get right. people to you more efficiently. Mm-hmm. And it's not – you're not giving anybody any more work. It's just like, right. hey, this is a this is a verification process, you know, and if you have interest in it, like, we would be We're able down. to get people – You know, mm-hmm. I'd give you more business, whatever it is, mm-hmm. and you have someone to certify it, like, hey, this and the other, and you meet this criteria, and then boom, it's just on this list. Well, that's so it. it's like no one's going to – it's not like, hey, like, this is no work to you. This is just like do you want to have more – do you want to be – like busier with more clientele, you Yeah. know. Do you want to help out more? Let me show you how we can do that. Mm-hmm. It's it's that simple.
0: So that's that's for my mindset. Anyway, that was my tangent on that, but I like it. Thanks. So you were you were going off about pumpkins though, <laughs> and I want to know more. So you were carving. You started <laughs> carving, and we got in. We're gonna book. like
1: help the world. Hey, but pumpkins. yeah,
0: but no, because that's important. Because that's impressive. So you work with Food Network. So what do you do there? Explain what that
1: means to be doing that. So they have holiday shows. Okay. So Halloween Wars um, I did Halloween Wars Hey Ride of Horror and Outrageous Pumpkins. So it's a show they recruit you as a contestant and so for Halloween Wars Hey Ride of Horror we had two teams three episodes. You have three carvers per team. A cake artist and a sugar artist. And so they give you some sort of um, theme or like hey carver like creators whatever you have to design a demented zoo and everything has to be edible so it has to be all edible medium so whether that's cake sugar whatever pumpkin vegetables and you have to create a whole scene that is like demented zoo you know what i mean so we had to carve like zombie animals and do all the shit out of like pumpkin and cake and sugar so then we competed for money for like the that um that show and then outrageous pumpkins we were seven individual carvers and we had again. It was like they give us a um, um, a scene. It was like, hey, we oh we did the seven deadly sins, so we all got issued a seven oh, deadly sins. So I got gluttony, which I was like, hell yeah, I love food. And <laughs> I carved like this slimer. I'll show you. Let me see. It was kind a of slimer. like I kind of wanted to go for this like slimer vibe from um Ghostbusters. I was just say Ghostbusters. And then I carved a bunch of food out of pumpkin, and so we competed. Oh my goodness. So I don't know if I can zoom in. Yeah. So this Whoa. Is
0: all- that's actually the most terrifying and cute oh, thing yeah, that's at the same time. Good. It's well done. We'll cool. post we'll post the links to um to Monique's page so you guys can take a look. That's impressive though. This was Holy.
1: This was like 15 different pumpkins. I had to do like a Chinese dragon. Well so and the theme the- for that, we had to create a scene. It was racist. It was definitely anything – everything's racist now. Okay. Pumpkins are racist. Right. (laughs) The show's – I don't know. Everything's racist. So it was – you had to – the whole thing was you had to use – I think it was like 10 pumpkins or 15 pumpkins. I can't remember. And you had to create a scene and the whole thing was like mysterious trick-or-treaters with two main characters. Then you have to create a story and then you carve this thing. So my mindset was like, okay, these pumpkins are out to go trick-or-treating – so they disguise themselves, kid. They disguise themselves as this Chinese dragon to like, you know, blend in. And awesome. then they there was two main characters and both of them wanted to be the dragon head because no one wants to be the dragon ass. So then they both put on the <laughs> the uh dragon head and then they were like, no, I'm the dragon head and they blew fire at each other until they couldn't even go to retreating. So that was my story. Okay. You know, so it's like it's like fun. You yeah. get to just, you know, you get to make up and do whatever it is that they uh you know, they do and then you compete for money or whatever it is. So that was that was fun. And then anytime, especially for a business, right, I can say, oh, I was on the Food Network. Yeah, so anytime, it's kind of ginormous. Yeah. So now it's like, cool, I can charge a lot more. And now I only work with, you know, bigger companies. So I can say, like, hey, this is what I do. Or if they approach me, it's like, hey, I was on the Food Network. And I, I only do limited slots now. And then I charge an abundance for it, you know, versus um just kind of carving for fun anymore. So it's it's blown up more than I could ever even imagine. You know, and it's like, I go crazy, you know, fucking pumpkins to the wall during one month. And then I'm like, I don't want to see a pumpkin for 11 months. I saw your tools. I've seen you work. It's wild. It's little wild. clay sculpting tools. And they're cheap. Like, they're Amazon. Like, they're fucking cheap. Yeah, you know? but it's just, it's,
0: I've seen them, and I've seen them over FaceTime. And it, it's insane to see the detail. And that's true artistry. <laughs>
1: Thank it's you. wild. You're a true sculptor. The oh, yeah, yeah. the sog pumpkin, right? It yeah. Was the, the owl.
0: Yeah, I That would... one
1: took eight hours. Yeah, eight that's hours.
0: that's well, yeah, that was insane. The feathers and stuff, like mm-hmm. just look. And
1: I was like rushing it because they were there and they were like, oh, fucking new homework and stuff while you carve and, you know. And then I think we took the photos at like two thirty in the morning or something. Um, and I like working overnight. Like I'm a night owl. You You're know? a creative. Mm-hmm. So. I, I mean I started around like six or seven, I think, and try to get it done, but it just takes so long. You know what I mean? It's it's like okay, eight hours is it and the better I get and the more detail I want to incorporate, the longer it takes. Right. You know? Yeah. So Well, because you're
0: a perfectionist as well, right?
1: Yeah. You're that type of human being. Only with art. Well,
0: I'd be curious to see what you can do with sculptures.
1: And I've never tried, like I've never um, I've never taken an art class. So it's like I just like learn on the go, right? I'm just, mm-hmm. uh, well, I need to do this. Like maybe this tool will be good for it. So I've never had any direction when it comes to sculpting. So I've never used any other medium besides pumpkins. Like I've never tried clay. And it's interesting because clay, you can add, attach on more clay. Pumpkins, you're detracting. You can't like add on. You know what I you mean? You can't fix the problem. So it's like clay, you can add on more. Or like snow, you can add on more. But – so it's I don't even know but it, again it's it's just different mediums different tools. I'd be curious to see what you can come up with at the office. Mhm.
0: Mhm. Challenge. Accepted. Let's go oh, I like it. Field yeah. trip. Field trip. Accepted. Well, you there's so many the topics. Lab. Oh god, there's so many topics now that we've covered that I think you could literally show up with anything and we'd be like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Right. <laughs> it makes complete sense. True. <laughs> it could be a sculpture of Ron Jeremy's face wearing a small penis hat with a pumpkin in its hand with like quite literally a gun on one side. And, like a knife in the other are like it's, it's insane yeah. that with the detailing that you could come Ugh, I'd be scared to see what you'd show endless. up with. I don't know if it'd make it through customs. I'd be concerned.
1: <laughs> They'd be like, um You're secondary, like, thirdary, she's actually gonna be in that one of those, you know, permanent facilities <laughs> that we don't talk about exist.
0: Yeah, she those black sites that aren't real. She's not coming in. She wasn't here. She doesn't exist. Wipe all the footage of the pumpkin carving. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. We've seen her Google search. It's troubling. (laughs) We have we have reason to believe she's a dangerous human. Crazy. I
1: literally think it's all pumpkins and fitness. If on Google, that
0: would be. I would be interested to see your searches. Your long term searches. That would
2: would be. We have phones right here. No, that's
1: scary. There's a lot that can come out there. There's definitely no cop stuff. I keep that very. Keep that on the low. Yeah. I've never posted
0: a picture. It's probably for your best for your safety at this point, I would think. I mean Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Oh regret. Plus it's what? Yep. All pumpkins. All fitness. (laughs) And that water gun photo shoot that you did.
0: Ruthless. (laughs) Ruthless. The Nerf one? Oh wow.
1: So hot. hot.
2: I love that
0: it's with pumpkins too, like out of all the things. Well, so
1: that that shoot, um, I was laughing at all like the ridiculous gun bunny. Yeah. Shoots. It's like, yeah. They're you are the best. You don't fucking wear tassels with a, you know.
0: Yes, you do. Don't you know that you also only wear a bathing suit with a plate carrier? You don't and wear. like,
1: carry around a saw. And you know what I mean? That's it. I mean. I'm like, have you ever had a fucking piece of brass like get stuck in between your titties? Yes, like, it's, it's the horrible. Worst. You, ever you ever had one? go the worst. Yeah,
0: between your vest and it gets in
1: your yes. neck and you're like, ah, it's burning. You're like. But you're, like, still going Rambo on we, it? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, these, these shoots crack me up, right? And I was like, okay, I'm gonna make fun of him, and I'm gonna do a nerf gun shoot because I'm gonna look all fucking badass and tactical, but it's gonna be with a nerf gun. So I hit up my buddy Dakota, and I worked with him at the gun range. Dakota who? Um, Rhodes. He's uh, he was in the Marine Corps. Then mm-hmm. um, he's actually gonna become a firefighter. Okay. America's heroes. Thanks. Dakota. Wow. And he has back to that again such an enormous <laughs> collection of nerf guns. So I go over, and I'm like, I hit him up. I'm like, Dakota, I know you have these fucking Nerf guns. Like, can I use them for a fucking funny photo shoot? Because, you know, like, gun bunny, but, like, funny. And he brings He brings me, and he's like, come in. You know, so Coming to like, the wall. like, lowered down into the oh fucking, you know, case. And he brings out, like, those big plastic totes. Full of them. I mean, this guy had, like, probably 150.
0: What does he different. do? With- he just collects them. He's a collector of Nerf he's guns. He's a collector of
1: Nerf guns. He's, like...
0: I- the apocalypse is coming.
1: Yeah, with foam.
0: The nerf, the nerf is real. All
1: California compliant. So. All yeah. The so only scary. way you can
0: have them, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. In fact, California is probably just going to say the only kind of guns you can have are nerf guns. I mean, we're almost there.
0: Canada's. The it's thing. less. It's yeah. less offensive.
1: Yeah. yeah, and we'll only do a five day wait instead of a ten day wait.
0: Okay, mm-hmm. that's fine.
1: Yeah, but you only, but you can only have five rounds
0: per meg. Okay. Or you will be arrested. Hundred percent. And put in prison. He had like like, like
1: murderers, foam drums. You okay. Know? I was like, whoa, he was real. You know, I think he bought them during Freedom Week, though, so it's fine. Okay. I mean, but his acceptable. collection. And I think I brought maybe like ten of those to the shoot. I thought it was funny, just because it was like, oh, I have to, these photos, and we were kind of touching on this earlier. Girls in these male-dominated environments are so frustrating because there's either the like. The ones who are like, I'm going to be a bitch, and there's nothing I can do, and I'm putting this hard-on face for everyone, and I'm just going to be a bitch. And then there's the, I'm going to sleep with everyone, because I've never had this attention from men before in my life, and I have daddy issues, and I'm overwhelmed with the amount of guys who think that I'm the greatest thing since sliced bread. And so then there's that, and then there's like a tiny little line of like, hey, look, I can fucking work with you, we can be, you know. We can be bros, and that's okay. We can be bros, Mm -hmm. and the sooner you realize that we're not going to fuck, then the sooner we're going to get along really well. And yeah. It's great. Yeah. And you can go and you can hang out with them and, you know, you ha- you work really well and there's established trust and respect there. Yes. And you're fine and you can work with them. But the vast majority is – and they utilize their looks or whatever it is to get promotions. And I'm sorry, but, like, I would never want to get a promotion because of my fucking, you know, gender or anything like that. It's like, no, did I deserve it? Like, how, did I put in my time? And some of them are just okay with that. And it's so frustrating. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, it comes down to, um, you know, there's standards and there's things that you have to do and you should be able to hit. And if you don't, you shouldn't be doing the job. And I I believe in that. That's a difficult thing for people to hear. That's a difficult thing for other women to hear. The idea that people are like, well, of course you would say you're one of those, like, hang out with the dudes, like, can't get along with women. Maybe it's you. Maybe you just can't get along with You're women. Like, no, I love no, women. No, I love women. I actually, my whole office is just women. Like, that is not it at all. I have a lot of respect for women. But I also think that it is more than acceptable for a male to be a friend. And I mean, a real friend, a true friend, a friend that says, dir- like, sends dirty, disgusting memes and says horrific things like any other dude would say to a dude and as any other woman would say to a woman, just like we're saying on this show. And that's why we're also disgusting. That's my point. We don't act any different than they do. Mm-hmm. So why can't we intermingle with that? Why isn't that okay? And often it's not because there always has to be this, of course you guys can't just be friends. I'm, I hate that I have the majority of my friends that I text and I, and I do business with and that I talk with are male. Mm-hmm. It's not my fault that they're in that industry and that's a male-dominated industry. That doesn't mean that I can't be successful in that if I'm not sleeping around. I can just do those things. I have had this comment brought up to me when I was traveling recently for business by a family member, not my husband, because he couldn't give less of a fuck, but a family member and by somebody else that was down there and they said to me, so you just travel around and do podcasts and hang out with dudes? I said, "If if that's what the situation calls for, yeah. Because that's the group of people that I'm interviewing or that's the people that I'm working around. And the one person said to me, well, is it just you? Well, yeah. What's wrong with that? Well, nobody hits on you? No. I wear a fat ring, I hold my ground, and I don't put out those vibes.
1: It's the vibes. If you don't put out those vibes, they're not. And, it's... and, and because you're also intimidating. Like, Oh, that's I hilarious. Mean, it's, but it's, <laughs> That's hilarious. So it's intimidating to these guys who would be prone to hit on you. So like, right. I'm going to clarify this, right? Like to people like us... Yep. You're not intimidating because it's like, fuck yeah, real person, good to go. But to the guys who prey on these women who don't have secure, like they have massive insecurities and they don't have the self-confidence that you do, to those guys who are going to prey on those types of chicks, mm-hmm. you're intimidating because you're going to call them out on their bullshit. And so if the vibes are – it's like – and I, again, like, you know, worked with all dudes. I've been in all male dominant industries. Like I said, cars, motorcycles, guns, like, you know, PD and – People don't hit on me because I don't put out those vibes. And we don't give an opportunity where that would even be brought up. A conversation point.
2: Mm -hmm. Go ahead, Nikki. No, I was just going to say, and this is why we were introduced in the first place. Mm -hmm. It was Jonathan Wagner, and he knew that neither of us have those vibes, but we're in the industry. We were two of maybe five girls that were at this this event at shot show. And nobody else sees that. People are like, oh, you're just just another gun bunny? Okay. All right, cool. Until I start talking smack about – Destroying them at the Ipsy competition, right? And they're like, "Oh, she can. Yeah, she
1: knows what she's talking
2: about." And we valued that in each other, and that's why we're friends.
1: Turn the mic. And we were so. And like the cool part was, like Nikki. Like the first thing I said, I was like, "Oh my god, you're fucking gorgeous!" Right? You know, it's like, but we. It's it's this crazy weird thing, and I don't know why people think that this is like an anomaly, but you can be nice to other people who, you know, it's like, she's absolutely She's not a
0: threat to, you're not
1: a, we're not a threat to each other. That's a different thing though. Yeah. There's enough business for McDonald's and Burger King to be on the same fucking street, but like, I'm not here to compete with Nikki or compete with you. It's like, hey, look, fuck yeah. Like you're in this, I'm in this too. Like, let's help each other out. Like, let's, it's someone else that I can have conversations with and it's, but like,
0: you have a unique perspective because you happen you, – you happen to be a woman in the industry. Not because you were a – you came in because you're a woman. You happen to work in
1: that space. Yes. yes. It, it yeah. It's like we didn't different. get where we are because we're the fucking CBC. You know what I'm saying? It's like – Right. We got here because it's like, hey, this is something that we're interested in. This is what we're good at. And it happens to be like – but again, we've been able to make a reputation for ourselves – a positive reputation. A respected. A respected reputation. Yes. And we've been able to and this is why our network, you talk about like all of our networks being together. Our network is expansive because people are like, oh my God, I'm gonna listen to you and I'm gonna listen to you and I respect you and I know the type of people that you collaborate with. Right. And I want to be part of that. Mm-hmm. And so and other women look to us and it's it's this and I hate I hate to say the whole jealousy thing, but I think it's just they, they envy our Freedom, like our intellectual freedom and the fact that looks don't matter. Or the security and the freedom, right? It's it's we're yeah. very secure in ourselves and we're very open to like constructive criticism. If we fuck up, we're like, oh man, we fuck up. And again, to say that we made a mistake is very hard. And so people are uncomfortable. When you're when you have the freedom and the confidence to be honest with yourself mm-hmm. and not with other people, people are very intimidated and afraid of that because right. then you're gonna, you know, make their insecurity shine through. And so it's like when Nikki and I met, like I was stoked, right? Because it's so rare to meet somebody else in the industry that happens to be a chick that's as stunning as she is and, and be fucking as fuck. nice. You know what I mean? And be competent and a sweetheart. And it's like, hey, you know what? Like let's all thrive together. Right. It's so rare. And I, I – my circle's small, small. I'm sure, you know, all of our circles are small because it's quality over quantity. Correct. And we care more about, hey, you know what? If our networks are together, nothing is impossible. We can fucking do anything. We can do anything. Professional fucking pumpkin carver. We can do anything. (laughs) Literally making money
0: taking dick pics. Dick pics, pumpkin carving. You can do anything. We can literally we can we can that's why we can take over the world because we can make a business out of pumpkin carving. Yeah. By we I mean you and I will I will sit on those coattails. You can absolutely you can be my manager.
1: Be like, I know you gotta I got you. I I got you. My pumpkin you want – you better you better Watch your mouth, there, girl. Oh, I'm hey, I'm all for it.
0: All right, there's some dangerous things that have come up on this podcast. I'm excited for this one to come out. I'm like, this I'm one excited. went
2: longer than we expected, but, oh, but it, this is, is so it was good. good, girl
0: time. Because that teamwork make that dream so work, ladies. Good. Listen, it's uh, been so fun having you on. Can you tell everyone where they find, they can find you and your sweet pumpkin ass? Oof.
1: No, can I you say it real quick? Say it, sweet pumpkin ass. Sweet, sweet pumpkin ass. Oh God. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> mm. So. <laughs> Instagram, Facebook, you can find my pumpkins, my only pumpkins at Art Hawk Creations. Oh, I thought you said you had my only pumpkins. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? You don't, you have your <laughs> I mean, own, I can. Your only fans, you but it's anything. only pumpkins? I will. Oh, I won't. Tell me I won't. A thing tell me I sexualized a thing. pumpkin
0: thi- oh, I have an idea. Tell Let's, me I won't. All right, roll out. Tell everyone where they find you. <laughs> tell everyone where they find and you. And
1: the Hawk Girl, which is a comic book character. A lot of people don't know this. Yeah. The Hawk Girl. Yeah. I'm down for it. On Instagram. I like her. Beautiful. And you, Nikki, we will find your porn voice.
0: Nikki know?
2: Vicky Ops
0: mm-hmm.
2: Also at Brass movie, Whispers. Because that's where you'll find me too. Yeah.
0: yeah. And and all. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we got to go because we got too many good things. And um, I guess we will see you all next week.